Hello everyone, Nick Brigadier here, and I am thrilled to finally be able to give you all a preview of just some of what the three of us have been working on and teasing for you for months and months and months, uh, and you have been so patient, and we are so appreciative of that. But yes, this is episode zero, I guess, of the Freedom Guild, which is our new long-form D&D podcast that we are going to be doing. Uh, it is DM'd by the wonderful Rob Perry. Uh, and the D&D podcast itself may or may not be wrapped in just ever so slight uh, political satire, if you if that's how you like your, your fantasy role-playing done. You may or may not know that, actually, because I don't know if anyone else has done it. We have a niche. Uh, so, first and foremost, I just want to say, if you like what you hear and you want to see what we do post-Songtopsy Report... We will be attaching in the show notes links to all of the places you can subscribe to this podcast. Because guess what? If you're listening to it here on the Song Topsy Report, it's also already out on every other streaming platform. So please follow the links in the show notes to see where you can subscribe to it on either like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you prefer. That is the most important take-home point. You can zone out of everything else I'm about to say, as long as you remember that. I do just have a couple other quick notes, though, for those of you who are still listening. Uh, first off... Mike's audio has some issues, but it's fine, people. Okay, calm down. He speaks loudly. You can still understand every single thing he's saying. Also, just to give you a little bit of a heads up, just because I'm sure you saw this is the uh, longest episode of anything to show up on the Song Tops Report feed. First 20 minutes or so is us introducing ourselves, introducing our characters, uh, and then the remainder of it is our first little dive into this world. But going forward, just in case you get alarmed, going forward, we've already recorded a few other episodes of this, and I would say the podcast length averages out to about 90 minutes, give or take. So uh, episodes of this podcast of the Freedom Guild will be a little bit more bite-sized going forward. And lastly, I just want to let you know that do not worry. The finale of the Song Topsy Report tournament of determining the worst songs we've ever covered, that is the new official name now, I have decided, that episode is still going to be coming out, so stay tuned for the thrilling finale there. Uh, but in the meantime, we really, really hope that you enjoy this first episode of the Freedom Guild. We've already been doing more sessions, and it gets really, really good, uh, and we're very excited. So we hope you stick around and enjoy it, and with that, enjoy the show. Okay, uh, this is like real loosey goosey guys. It's cool. So first, we're going to do intro banter. Okay, uh, go. Go, do intro banter. Go ahead. And go. so then I said, at least it wasn't a banana. <laughs> uh, uh, put in the ass okay. and potassium, let me tell you. Oh, hi. Oh. Didn't see you there, oh. Steve. Oh, hey, hey. Okay, okay, good. Done. That's done. Okay, <laughs> so now. Okay, so. People who are listening to this are most likely, at least at the get-go, listening to this on the uh, the Song Topsies, uh, whatchamacallit, feed. Uh, so are already hardcore fans. Is that what you're saying, Steve? The, the, for the next chapter, which we've been very subtly hinting about uh, over and over again with giving zero, uh, zero details about it whatsoever, just for a very long time, just, just telling people to trust us. So, but we're on the Song Topsy uh, report feed right now, and as is usually the case on that show, I am Steve Trollinger. Uh, I am Nick Brigadier. I'm Mike Russell. And the show notes probably say something to this effect, but it 
you may not realize we are not doing an episode of the Song Topsy Report today. We are doing a uh, what has never been done before, a pre-existing podcast doing an experimental D&D re- uh, real play. Uh, it just never happened in the history of podcasts. Um, Going to fantasy land. Yep. Let's do this. Yep. We're, uh, we're blazing trails here. Uh, the, uh, okay. That, okay. That covers the three of us intro. Okay. That part's done. Got it. Check mark. Yeah. Yeah. So you did great. Steve. Okay. Uh, we have, however, uh, a fourth, a, not so much a guest in the sense that More like, like a God. Yes. Uh, a, a master, a, a literal God, a God master. Uh, that's what it's called, right? The Godmaster. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I, so he can start talking. I'm going to introduce uh, our erstwhile dungeon master, uh, Rob Perry. Rob? Hi, everybody. Okay, great. Hello. Great. Sparkling. Sparkling I, uh, I did, wit. I did awkwardly that's... talk before because I didn't know... I didn't know that I wasn't talking before, but now I'm now I'm talking officially. Okay, terrific. This is a great way to start t- telling people that you are officially talking. That is a thing normal people do every day. Uh, Rob is not a stranger off the street. Well, no, no, he's not. So not right now. Not right now. Uh, Rob is actually uh, a friend of mine, uh, one of my best friends, um, and uh, we have known each other for. 12, like going to be 15 years. 15 years? Well, that good old one and a half decades, you know, in case, in case people are like, Hey, who the hell is this guy? I, I know him. Okay. It's cool. Uh, and, uh, and he has for a long time now been a, uh, a, a dungeon master to a, a group of folks in his native Pennsylvania. Is that correct? Yeah. Both when I was a kid and then, uh, after college, uh, we sort of, got the old gaming group back together and started doing that maybe four or five years ago and been doing it steady ever since. Got regular games and uh, having a lot of fun with it. No, I was going to say, Rob, I'm more impressed by the casualness with which you said that because I have seen as a, as a D&D neophyte, which we'll get into, I've seen the amount of work you have already put into uh, this campaign we're about to embark on, and it seems to be no small feat. So the fact you've been running several of these for a long time, I find mightily impressive. Oh, well, thank you. I kind of got back into it because uh, Steve and I both went to school for theater. I was uh, in the well, writing I, no, program. No, I didn't. And- I'm cool. I went to school for business. Obviously. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so this was sort of something because I, I missed that workshop, like theatrical experience of getting a bunch of people together and putting a story on its feet. And that's sort of uh, my way in to this game that I find fun to play. Hell yeah. So, um, yes, uh, Rob is extremely experienced with D&D, which is great because uh, the rest of us have never actually done a D&D session. I have been uh, D&D adjacent for a large chunk of my life. I have uh, Every friend group I have joined throughout the years has always had like a D&D cam- campaign going on that they're like two or three years into. And so like I think I was a day player during one campaign where I showed up briefly and then just immediately died. Uh, so that is the extent <laughs> of my D&D experience. Uh, it, has, it hasn't sullied it for me at all. But I am so excited to now be invited to, uh, to participate in this. I did one of those day campaigns with a whole group. That was, that was fun. But like A day campaign? Yeah, it was like, it was like we were, 
Nick, I'm surprised you you might not have been there. It was, but it was a it was a it was a comedy club trip to Dipakilla, and we were like battling all the weird people we had met over the last few years. <laughs> like, oh yes, I remember that. It, um, I didn't understand what was happening and got confused and angry and walked out. <laughs> <laughs> and what are all these references? You must like, have got the. Uh, it's like I don't understand what they're rolling for. I don't know who these people are. This is bullshit. I'm out. <laughs> Well, I guess I'll tell you about my experience then now, since oh, yeah, you all sure, went. If you feel like it. <laughs> I, I, what's the way to, I've never, so obviously I've never actually played, much like, it seems like Mike and Nick have actually played in at least a very minimal sense. I haven't even done that. Uh, and it was very much in the same way that, you know, whenever I, when I finally became aware of it as a cultural thing, uh, people who I knew who were playing it had already been playing for several years. And I was like, oh, well, next time you start again, let me know. And then they're like, okay. And then they didn't. So, oh, is it because cool. their campaign took so long? No, I'm pretty sure it's just because, well, yeah, actually, yeah, I'm going to say yes. It turns out there was no campaign. <laughs> <laughs> it took so long. By the time they finally finished, they forgot I had said anything. That's how I'm going to get through the day. Um, well, Steve, this, this, this new venture will be your revenge on them. I'm like adjacent in the sense that I like know way too much about how to play because I'm like always preparing for the day it happens. So I just, I have like all the books and I watch people do the playthroughs and listen to podcasts about it and everything. So I'm hopefully like, I'm pretty well prepared as long as it has nothing to do with math or improvisation. I'm (laughs) solid. I feel like you've, You've put a lot of pressure on yourself to be able to play this game. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's a game. At the right? end of the day, we're a bunch of adults make pretending about a fantasy land. <laughs> I love it's that. deadly serious stuff. I love that there's books on this. I love that. <laughs> I mean... You know, I, to to be fair, I'll, I'll be I'll be open with the audience. You know, I came up with my my dude in the backstory, and I just told Rob what I wanted him to be able to do, and he built my entire character for me with Steve with Steve too. So I'm I'm here to play. Yes, yeah, like so it'll man. be a surprise for you as well. You know, like Steve's been reading books, he's been prepping for years, waiting for this, this <laughs> for this big moment. Plotting and planning. <laughs> I've really I really Rocky montaged the whole the whole playing of Dungeons and Dragons. It's just you on a mountaintop rolling dice. But uh but yeah, I'm very excited to begin our definitely not at all political slight satire D&D campaign. No, there's absolutely no chance that something I made will become wildly political in any way. No, certainly nope, not. No, that's that's not him. I've known him a long time and I can tell you he's not just going to get mad for no reason whatsoever <laughs> at a thing he made up. <laughs> because it very it very closely resembles a real world thing that pisses him off and he doesn't realize it until it's too late oh steve that's the pot calling the kettle black there a little bit steve i'm banking on 15 episodes in you get so fed up you unalive your character right there <laughs> steve as as we as we start to learn more about the world that we'll be diving in who who are you who are you and what will you okay be, what, what is your what is what is what is on your mind so this character came about via a text a text thread between Rob and I talking about 
his ideas for this. As as I recall, I think the actual conversation was at the very beginning, um, I told you, yeah, like you can make any kind of character, anything you can think of. Uh, and you said, I want to be Jeb Bush. And I said, sure, you can be Jeb Bush. <laughs> and I ran with it. <laughs> Wait, and- yeah. Steve, please roll. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> that's a nine. Sounds about right. That, that's a, that's about a tepid yeah. applause. Although I'm not the DM, yeah. so. <laughs> and then I thought, you know what? The problem with Jeb Bush is he's not a monster enough. He's not a stupid monster enough. And I wanted to be a stupid monster at the outset. I've tempered it a bit since. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a different animal now. Yeah, so then he kind of turned into Don Jr. for a while, but then I was like, if I got to play as Don Jr. for more than ten minutes, I'm gonna kill myself and roll a new character. Yeah, then I I I told you how long one of these campaigns usually lasts, and and that made you made yeah. you think the. I, I don't think I could be that stupid for that long. Uh, well, plus oh, it was, I don't know, Steve. Well, it was also kind of a problem because I was I was creating the character sheet and I'm like, okay, so he's got zero charisma and zero intelligence and zero wisdom. Wait, now, hold on. All right, now to be fair, Steve, to be fair, yes, you do not convince a bunch of crazy people to do a military coup with zero charisma. Okay, you. <laughs> I I think Mike's right. It's a kind of charisma that's very high. I don't know. I might not understand it, but it's hard to admit it's not there. <laughs> Look, you look at you don't become powerful villains without some some stats. Okay? Yeah. yeah. Got a lot of good roles to get that evil. Took a took a lot of dump stats to pump those other ones. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So that, that eventually led to the creation of a character. So he is a so I is his given name, the name given to him by his father, is uh uh Donathan. Septimus Goldenmane. He is uh, the seventh son of the uh, the Goldenmane family. His father, Donathan, uh, named all of his children after himself. So I'm the seventh one. So I'm Septimus. Uh, but I hate him. So I uh, instead go by uh, sort of a nom de, nom de street because I'm a, I'm a sort of like a street level character uh and uh i i have a particular ire for uh organized religion because it's a it's a huge scam but not an honest scam like not a scam in the way that like my character who is a rogue i should say would appreciate a good scam but like the kind of scam that organized religion does rubs in the wrong way so he likes to screw with religious types which has earned him a nickname uh called uh and he's called beetle fiend so um yeah beetle is a it's a religious functionary uh so that is what they have taken to calling him and he likes it much better than his actual name so that's what he prefers to go by uh and the fact that it sounds anything like beetlejuice is completely unrelated <laughs> like has nothing to do with it whatsoever i am just realizing now steve uh i actually do have a question so is that a beetle fiend that's just how what people call him like beetle for short Yes, like uh, people who know him can call him Beetle. Um, uh, I originally gave him a first name as well, but then I'm like, all right, well now I'm giving him four names, and that seems ridiculous. So uh, I'll just okay, go. That's with what that. I was. Okay, good. That's what I was remembering. I just want to make sure I had it straight. I do imagine yeah. a Michael Keaton esque uh, elf rogue, though. And who knows oh, what yes. he sounds like? We'll find out. Um, so, <laughs> so he is a he has a high elf. Not that you know race matters. 
Um, but he is a in D and D. It does kind of because it gives him certain stats. This game's racist, guys. Um, Every game is racist with stuff like this. You know, it's uh, you played Skyrim. <laughs> okay, I'm a red merc because I'm red. Okay, a red guard. A red guard because I look reddish. All right, whatever. Yeah, Steve, really taking Bethesda down a peg or two. <laughs> so uh, he is a he is a high elf. He comes from high elf stock, though he doesn't act like it. Um, and he is a he is a rogue. Specifically, he is an arcane trickster rogue. So he is good at poking and stabbing, but he's also got a little bit of the. Uh, sort of like a like a Loki esque sort of trickster nature to him, uh, that I hope will, uh, and he's chaotic neutral. So you know whatever, pretty much goes whatever, whatever way is good for him that particular day. Uh, and I think that's all I will reveal so far. I think that don't don't want to get too there. in the weeds. Color me intrigued, Steve. Excuse me, uh, Beetlejuice. No, Beetle Fiend. Okay. We're going to get sued. Beetle Fiend, yes. Sorry, Beetle Fiend, Beetle Fiend, Beetle Fiend. I just got to keep repeating it, and then I'll remember. Ah, and then I teleported behind Nick. <laughs> now we have to wait for him to get the train, and we have to start all over again. Oh, yes. man. <laughs> uh, Mike, do you want to go next? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I am a, uh, I'm a sorcerer mountain dwarf, all right? I'm, uh, my name is Modicus. And uh, I'm just I'm just a man who craves balance, but is helplessly chaotic. Uh, was expelled from Magic College and chased off the premises for accidentally blowing up the East Wing when uh, using my uh, prestidigation attempt to add more prestidigitation. Prestidigation. Prestidigation. Right. That's close enough. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's say it right. How do you say it? Uh, prestidigitation. Press to dig. Wait, digit, is there two D's? Digit, like digit, like press to digitate. Like Digimon, press to, yes. to digitation. D and D, digital dungeons. <laughs> I set shit on fire. Okay, guys, shut up. That's not what that spell means. He sets shit on fire with other spells. Yeah, with my firebolt spell. This thing, this thing changes things to what I need to have. It's more, it's more of a convenience spell, right? It's more of like, oh, you know, I wish I had a little more, a uh, little spice into this oh well the problem was i went for uh, some uh, alcohol percentage it did not <laughs> to add more alcohol to my homebrewed stout um but after a failed attempt it became a fire bomb of death and blew up the entire east wing um to where i find myself in a shady pub while uh, many mages after my head and i run into steve's <laughs> Lovely character Beetle, who so intrigued by because he he seems both evil enough not to give a shit about my misdeeds because he's so self obsessed, but also uh, just hates his dad enough where he's not quite the villain who's gonna make me do something I would find totally despicable. But we'll see. I mean, anything can happen. <laughs> what I just heard was, but we'll see. I'm open to despicable. With with this, uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a. I'm a Despite this horrible event that has caused me such trauma, I, I I do crave balance, but I am helplessly chaotic due to the chaotic magic within. What what's the word that we were using? The <laughs> when a thing called tides of chaos is one of my features and traits. Is that the thing that causes all sorts of wacky stuff to happen? It's just uh, the wild magic surge is what causes the the, the wacky stuff. Yeah. So the world's chaos, but good friends are steady. I like that. I mean, Rob, I gotta say, you, you, those are my bonds. Well, oh, you. wait. Is that what you wrote, Rob? 
Yes. Oh hell yeah, guys! I, w- I, I hope kinda... at some point, as Rob is DMing, you will see the the sheer pros of the world that he p- built into all of the documents outlining the 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 land we are about to walk through. But ooh, ooh, it'll I didn't. Go, I didn't it'll, know go one. it'll go together in the book that we sell. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Available soon in bookstores near you and street corners. Uh, but yeah. So I'm just trying to figure it out. Barry, but Monicus is uh, a middleman. You know, he's just. Literally. <laughs> well, I, I, I think at his core, he just wants to be a microbrewer, but the world is not letting him just do that. But the land of Brooklandia has not existed yet. We'll see, Rob. I don't know about that. We'll see. Okay. Good. All right. Uh, I am, if you could not tell already by the resounding thunderous footsteps that led up to it, I am Libertarius Beef Slice, the 25th. The half-orc paladin, son of Anrandus and Rand Paulus from the town of Free Market in the land of the Fountainhead. Did I just bust your headphones, Steve? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm in character already. Yes. Libertarius Beef Slice the 25th. He is a half-orc paladin. A young adult at the age of 15 as half-orcs age at a slightly different rate. So don't be weirded out, listeners, if I keep referencing the fact that I'm 15 as I am doing, I'm sure, unspeakable things. Because Libertarius, as a uh, half-orc, uh, comes from from the, the land of the Fountainhead, where uh, the world is very black and white. It's very binary, and Libertarius, for most of his life, has only had to deal with a world that, that uh, to him, is very straightforward. Um, and as we begin this campaign, he has uh, entered the uh, Wervin Peninsula for the first time as a paladin. He is a new paladin. Uh, we're, we're, skip, we're skipping some Freshly levels, I minted. believe, a little bit. But uh, as a character, he is, he is a... He's a it's almost... To, to bring it into, into contemporary terms, Libertarius is kind of like Mormon missionaries when like they're given their country to go to to become missionaries in. He has essentially, um, because the, the town of Free Market decided that it would be best if he was a paladin, uh, this is kind of the, um, the career that was somewhat pressured to him by his parents, but also um, it is somewhat lucrative to yield the services of as a paladin who has taken an oath of liberty uh which is what i will be functioning under it is it is common common practice to leave the land of uh the fountainhead where there's not necessarily much economic opportunity although there is an invisible hand in the town of free market that allegedly moves things in a way that makes sense even though it does not always benefit everyone uh so i i got one of those (laughs) so libertarius uh is new to the Wervin Peninsula, full of brash young energy with the confidence of someone who thinks they know exactly how the world works while only having seen an incredibly small slice of it. Uh, and that is where he is uh, at the beginning of this campaign. Yes, and as I mentioned uh, before we started recording, we all made sure to create characters that play to our real-life strengths uh, my character's most important asset is his intellect, Mike's his charisma, and naturally, uh, Nick's raw physical strength. Yes. And uh, as the dungeon master, I will be the one pretending I know what's going on. Oh, don't be so modest, Rob. I'm not being modest. That's my real life strength. I pretend to know what's going on. <laughs> it's just the confidence to act like you know what's going on. That's all you need. Make it till make it exactly. You know, you really, you got it, Rob. I love that. 
go with that ebb and flow and just see where it takes you. Yep. I've been faking it. Someday I'll be making it. <laughs> and I guess with that, intros are out of the way. I guess, uh, Rob, if you want to take it away and weave a magic tapestry for us, you know, if that's just a thing you can do. Yeah, let's begin. This story is going to kick off on the Wyvern Peninsula, spar of land that juts out into the eastern edge of a continent that you guys don't know very much about because you've never left the Wyvern Peninsula. You were born into a world that was riven by civil conflict, horrible war, torn apart by horrific weapons and magic that rent the very foundations of reality itself. But that was centuries ago. In the time since, nature has retaken much of the Wyvern Peninsula, and what began as small settlements of refugees and survivors have grown up into proper settlements, vestiges, beginnings of civilization that are beginning to rekindle all across this land. One of them is your hometown, Tamiston. The city of Tamiston is a grand port that sits on a small spur of land that juts out into Drake's Bay. Originally founded as a haven for pirates and privateers, Tamiston is now a cosmopolitan center of commerce and trade, slowly becoming a major metropolitan center. Towers rise above the rocky shores uh, of its bustling harbor. Ships are leaving, coming and going. The streets are filled with people from all over this land and from other places far away. But you guys aren't concerned with that. You guys are locals. And what you're mostly concerned about, what Beetle is concerned about, is the opening of a new church over in the neighborhood of Shadowcliff. It's right about here on the map. Ah, yes. For reasons that Libertarius and Modicus are not super familiar with, uh, Beetle has become obsessed with staking out this new temple that has been built over the last month or so. Um, it's an extravagant, gaudy little palace of marble and gold that really stands out like a sore thumb in what is pretty much kind of like a run-down part of the city in kind of a slummy neighborhood at the base of the cliffs next to the docks. The grounds around this temple have become these well-manicured gardens, and it really has kind of like a gentrifying air to the whole thing. Um, it's new, it's new money, and it sticks out because it's different. As you guys are standing from a street corner, watching all this unfold, Beetle, are you going to fill these guys in on what you're doing? Okay, here's the deal. It begins. <laughs> Wait, let me, let me get the voice back. Hey. Hey, hey, there, oh, yeah, there you go. Okay. So, here's the deal. 
that place over there, I don't know what that is, but my boy Crunchy is a druid. That used to be his spot, okay? We, we did some stuff there, some of it legal, some of it not so legal, but we talked to a bunch of birds and shit. It was awesome, all right? But I, he's, he's been gone. I, I haven't heard from him, which is not that unusual. Sometimes I wouldn't hear from him in the same room we were in for hours at a time, but that's neither here nor there. So he, he that was his spot, and I, all of a sudden, I don't know what this place is, but it's popped up. It look, it's got, and it's got money. I can smell money coming off it, but it's, you know, just, it, it's church money. And it, it's, it's like righteous money and I want it and I want them to not have it anymore. So we need to get it from them somehow. Right. Okay. You with me so far? You somewhat lost me at the beginning when you said you have done legal, non-legal things which falls on one side of what my morality tells me to do. But on the other hand, you said that you want this money, which makes me think that if it's something you want, that's also something good. So, Rob, a uh, question for you. Yes. Uh, uh, what, is, uh, what is Libertarius wearing? Uh, what are you wearing, Libertarius? I am wearing... Actually, I wrote this down somewhere. Hang on. <laughs> also, it's usually helpful, like, if you're answering a question out of character, you can just be Nick. That way we can differentiate. <laughs> I am wearing... I'm, uh, I'm wearing... <laughs> uh, I am wearing kind of the... <laughs> essentially the starter set that uh, half-orcs from the from the Land of the Fountainhead have as they take off. Uh, because it, it is not a particular... Being half-orcs living amongst other half-orcs, it is not a particularly extravagant uh, town of free market. So I am wearing um, light chain mail... Most of, essentially everything I'm wearing is hand-me-downs from several generations. I, I am called, though I'm called Libertarius Beef Slice the 25th, uh, in the town, in the land of the Fountainhead, uh, last names aren't a thing. So as you go to explore the world, you just choose whatever last name you feel is the most intimidating. And Libertarius felt that having a lineage of being the 25th Beef Slice was the, was the most intimidating. But regardless of that, even though he's not the 25th, uh, the does armor he, he's wearing he, has still been handed down for several generations. Has he decorated um, the armor to reflect that? Like, has he added to it himself? Oh, he has added a ton of features that a 15-year-old half-orc, once again, essentially young adult, would think would be impressive. A lot of skulls from small animals that uh, likely are not recognized by uh, Beetle or Modicus. Um it's also fashionable to uh, have your armor be bloodstained. You're not supposed to wash it. So there is some red streaks on it, although Libertarius might be reticent to admit that he may have just arbitrarily added some blood streaks there to seem more impressive and terrifying. But he still cuts he still cuts a large figure. He is uh, six feet tall. Um, and the armor does appear intimidating at a glance, even if... Uh, some of that is just a little bit of posturing. But it's metal. Yes, yes. It is chain okay. mail along with uh, some weapons that he carries with him, including a war hammer and a light hammer. Uh, he very much likes hammers. Okay, cool. Uh, so uh, Beetle, Beetle Fiend uh, reaches over and gently rests 
his hand on your shoulder. Don't touch me. Uh, all right. All right. Oh, all, right. Wow. all right. You know what? I can respect that. You know, uh, your attitude towards a very simple question was uh, was rubbing me the wrong way a little bit. But you know what? That's my problem to deal with. Uh, you know what? Let's you start- seem to like dealing in moral ambiguity, bug. And I don't like the ambiguity of that. You know what? You know hey, what? hey, libertarians, beetle buddy. I mean, what? We all we all need a little cash monies. We got a we got a house of God over here. Why don't we just kindly go up and talk to these people, and maybe they'll want to give us their money. It's not that it's it's not that I want them. Okay, okay, Monica. It's not that I want them to give us their money. All right, the way they come by their money is wrong. It's bad, right? I don't know who these people are. But if you're supposed to actually be the representative of some sort of some sort of god or something on Earth, uh, you can't be flashing this much gold and diamond and silver. All right, it's just not cool. They're just taking people's money and promising them nothing in return. Which, admittedly, great scam, fantastic scam. I'm not putting that by them. I'm just saying there's more honest ways to come across. Are they doing that kind anything of money. illegal though? I don't know. That's why we're here. We're gonna see. I mean, what is legal, really? I mean, in this town. Well, we have a saying in the Fountainhead, lawful's never awful. So if they're not doing anything questionable, then, look, I'm a new paladin, okay? There's a lot riding on that, you know? There's 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 a certain degree of um, wanting to make a very good impression, but I have an oath I need to maintain, man, you know? I can't. You know I what? can't. You're, you're you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. I'm sorry. That was look my problem. All right. I came at you sideways. That's not the way to come at you. You know what? Fresh start. And then I hold out my hand for him to shake it. Um, I envelop it with both of my hands because it is the only way that we shake hands. Uh, in the in the in the land of the fountainhead, uh, shaking hands is seen as a feat of strength. It, it's almost like an arm wrestle challenge every time you do it. So I grab, um. Both I grab Beetle's hands with both of my meaty muscular arms and shake it vigorously. Okay. okay. I and- sense friendship and I clasp my hands in too since I don't want to feel left out of this bond. Okay, well then I cast shocking grasp on both of you at the same time. What is shocking grasp? Uh do you want to read the spell, Steve? So uh, my character has a device that was made for him by uh, an artificer friend called the Joy Buzzer. It's his own invention. Uh, and uh, it utilizes the spell Shocking Grasp. Lightning springs from your hand to deliver a shock to a creature you tried to touch. Make a melee spell attack against the target. You have advantage on the attack roll if the target is wearing armor made of metal. I would say you also have advantage if it's your friend who willingly took your hand. Yep, so I'm going to roll a d20. (laughs) Two two hands. True, both hands. Uh, it's 14 plus 5, 19. What's your armor class, Nick? Uh, 16. So you definitely hit. Uh, okay, you, you, got, t- uh, you take... Sorry, go ahead. You got Modicus, too. Because he, yeah. he... he, Yeah. Okay, you each take 1d8 lightning damage. I didn't know it did that much damage when I told you you could have that glove. Uh, okay. <laughs> Steve, it's um, so on brand for you to just try to cripple us before the campaign's even well, started. Uh, hold on, hold on. Just so we're, we're let, lay this out, we'll do it proper. Uh, you did the damage, Steve. You rolled the dice. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. One. You know what? I'll roll it. I set it on low. It's, it's on prankster mode, so I'm going to roll a d4 instead of a d8. That's fine. I could, Yeah, yeah, I like that idea. 
<laughs> you each take three dam three lightning damage. Yeah. <laughs> Ow! Oh, Jesus Christ! Know, I I really should have learned. And this is why I started you all with maximum hit points. <laughs> yes, thank you. I'm down to 33 currently. And you I, know, I, Beetle I, Buddy, I, I would have thought I would have learned my lesson after first meeting you when you pulled this gag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would have thought that too. And then here you are. So I look. I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth when it you know trots right up to me. Fool me twice. <laughs> Shame on me. That's um, okay. I I say nothing. I just take the pain and stare unblinkingly at Beetle the whole time. You know, you're just not going to be any fun, are you? Like zero percent fun. Like if you had uh, some sort of like display showing how much fun you had inside of you, it the meter would be like all the way at the bottom. Am I am I getting am I cutting to the to the quick of your of your personality profile here? Um, I take one of the skulls, uh, uh, girding my loins, and I pop it into my mouth and eat it in front of him. God, all right, this. Uh, all right, now, look, that was my pet. All right, uh, it, all right. Now now I need a drink. I'm I'm in pain. <laughs> I need I need a little buzz. I'm pulling out my alchemy jug. Oh, I thought this was, I, I, Mike, I thought this was just you talking. <laughs> <laughs> it could be two things. I'm gonna take a swig out. Do I have now if I pull out my alchemy jug for the first time? Yes. Do I do I have to remix, re at the start of a day remix. what's gonna be in that thing? Uh it is uh it, as a once a day item. Um you can give the command once a day. So if you were to say you haven't, doesn't matter what was in it before, you haven't spoken the command today, so you give it its command word, and it will produce that liquid. All right, I'm going to make my favorite stout, and I'm going to uh, take a swig out of it and then offer Libertarian some, because I know my man, uh, he's he's upset. Just want him to know, hey, we're, we're, we're going to be all right. Uh, I... Take a swig of it, um, wipe it from my mouth, and then I heartily, maybe too hard, I don't know, uh, slap Modicus on the back. Ha <laughs> ha, you devilish whoresome bastard. Nothing a little ale can't fix between adventuring parties. Uh, Libertarius is immediately in a better mood. Uh, you're allowed to legally drink at uh, 16 at the Fountainhead, so like this is a novelty for him. Uh, so he is, uh, he is a, he's a, it's the, it's the one weird way in which they're not truly, uh, open to, uh, the, the rules of liberty, but, uh, I was going to say, is the government of the Fountainhead putting limits on who can do no, what that with is their just freedom? His, that is just his parents, um, and, and Randis and Rand Paulus, uh, who, who instilled that. Uh, <laughs> so, so he, so he is enjoying that. He is immediately in a better mood. He's, he is down also with whatever, uh, Beetle wants to explore. All right, look, look. All right, you're a paladin, right? You're like a weird, holy person, right? Look, I've, I don't know you that long. You're like my I'd dad. I'd like hired to think I can put the pal in paladin. <laughs> okay, great. You, my dad hired you to narc on me. I'm gonna call you Narcus. Is that cool? Like and that I'm sounds going close to, to what your name you is. Stinkbug. Is that okay, Stinkbug? All right. All right you know oh, what? You, everyone's got nicknames already. <laughs> this is great. Right. You know what? I'm sorry. I came at you sideways again. That's my bad. Fresh start. And then I hold out my hand to shake his hand. Um, no, as, I promise. I'm not going to do it again. I swear. As I, I assess, swear to whatever god you worship. As I assess what my current intelligence and wisdom is, I obviously shake his hand again. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's a good call. 
Okay, I cast Shocking Grasp. <laughs> Roll to hit with advantage. All right, well, the first one was an 18 plus 5, 23. Okay, yeah, you, you hit. All right, I'm going to roll a d4. <laughs> that one was only a one. One point of damage. Well, great. Absolutely nothing has happened, and I'm four hit points down. Thank you, Steve. Uh, uh, Beetle, why do you do this to Narky so much? This ain't right. <laughs> all right. Can we all focus um, up no, now? Wait, wait, now that I, we've gotten that out of our systems? Sorry, I sucker punch Beetle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What you would do for uh, an unarmed attack, which yes. you don't have proficiency in, is that's just going to be a uh, a roll that just adds your strength. So I believe it's a plus three for you. Yes. Uh, and uh, damage is just uh, one plus your strength modifier, if it hits. Strength modifier. Okay. Uh, so, so first, roll to hit, adding uh, adding that plus three. That is a 15. Uh, what's your armor, Beetle? 14. That hits. So you do four damage as uh, as you just sucker punch Beetle and just you just hear a satisfying crack as like he uh, his, oh, his head snaps to one side. Um, I laugh heartily and grab Fromaticus's, uh booze again. <laughs> Here you go. Ah, hey Beetle, you want a swig too? I feel like you need it. <laughs> no, no, I don't want. I don't want that literal swill. You're swilling it. The verb swill is being used. This is the literal squill. That one time you drank, that one time you had me drink out of it, you you forgot to change it from mayonnaise, and I'll never, I'll never make that mistake again. Um, as uh, as Beetle tries to straighten up and is like snapping his head back into place, uh, you guys hear um, a loud, monotone chime emit itself from the temple in front of you, um, and the doors swing open. Uh, and you see a man in uh, red and white priestly vestments walk out. He's flanked by guards on either side. Um, they're wearing the same kind of color scheme, uh, this white base with all of these red outlines uh, and filigrees. They are each carrying what looks to be uh, a staff uh, that looks like it's got some real weight to it. Like it's got a really solidly metal head at the top, but they're very fancy, very ornamental, uh, very ornate. Um, and as they walk out, they both kind of like slam them against the marble steps. Uh, and you see a small crowd begin to gather and uh, work their way in through the doors with the uh, priest seems to be stopping and smiling and and introducing himself to folks as they walk inside hey i bet he knows where we can get um our hands on some of this money he seems to know all these folks yeah but i'm pretty sure he would like to keep the money for the church that he is obviously a part of so i that's not that's not really this this the steez I'm, I'm i'm down on right now that's not what i'm trying to do well you know give me one second hold on <clears throat> give me one second rob may i make a religion check to you see sure if i recognize can. Their vestments, or if I've heard of them. It's a 10 plus 3, 13. Uh, 13. You do recognize these. You don't know very much about it. Um, what, what tips you off is you see there's a number of um, diamond and gemstone-shaped 
uh, symbols across the armor and um, what looked to be uh, the tops of their those staffs that they're pounding are uh, solid metal, but the tops of them are in the shape of a diamond. And you know that you've heard something about a diamond god, um, some kind of foreign god that uh, is part of a church that's worshipped in another city pretty far away. That's about as much as you remember, though. Um, nothing else really st- stands out to you about them. Okay. Just that they are they are an established thing. You just don't know very much about it. I walk over and say hi. Wait, oh, God damn it! All right, Monicus. I, I go. I, I go with him. I hang back. Okay. See how this plays out. <laughs> um, so yes, as you guys uh, walk out onto the street, uh, you as you uh, approach the temple, um, as I had said before, the the temple itself, it uh, it stands in the midst of. Uh, these really well-tended gardens uh, that really kind of stand out and and stick out uh, on this sort of dingy street down by the docks. Um, Set back, the building itself stands, it's only about one story high, but it's a very high vaulted structure, so it still looms up above the street. Um, The major... Uh, feature of the building is a huge dome, which seems to take up most of the roof and the primary entrance, which has a single kind of thin minaret tower that rises up out of the center, and that's where the doors are set. Um, you guys uh, walk up the stairs to uh, kind of at the tail end of this small crowd that's filing their way in. Uh and there the priest stands. He looks down. He smiles and he greets you warmly. He says, uh, "Well, hello there, brothers. How can we help you today?" <laughs> well, hey there, brother. Just curious what you got going on up here in this temple you got there. Oh well, we're just uh, doing our best to share the beauty that uh, our good Lord, the Diamond God, has brought to us today. Uh, maybe if you'd like to step inside, I can. Uh, can find a good seat for you. Uh, maybe uh, somewhere up near the front. Are you uh, y'all familiar with the Diamond God? No, but he seems to have bestowed a lot of good fortune unto you, based on the building. Oh, well, it's like we like—it's like we like to say back at the Citadel: the uh, the shiniest gems attract the most attention, and it's that kind of attention that brings the worship, that fuels the piety. That makes us all strong. Catchy. You got. You can't argue that, good man. You can't argue that. When we all come together, aren't we the strongest? That's for sure. It is. Uh, what's your names? Well, I am uh, Modicus, and this is my good friend here, Libertarians. But my friends call me Libby. <laughs> oh, well, Libby Modicus, I'm Deacon Hetfield. It's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, do you shake hands? We shake hands where I'm from. Throws as a throws an open palm out. We've been bumping elbows for a while. There's a plague at the fountainhead. Oh yeah, I've heard about that kind of thing. See, we don't have to worry about that so much as a citadel. We are blessed in the many faceted light of the Lord. So, well, then, there, Deacon, would you like a swig out of my 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 jug here? It's my own home brewed stout. Uh, he kind of looks around and then shakes his head. He says, oh, "No, no, no. Unfortunately, I am I am here on mission." Uh, I, I was trying to abstain to 
focus on uh, spreading the good word. Rob, uh, do I, Rob, do I see any like poor-ish looking people around us, like nearby, walking by, like a beggar or something like that? Um. Yes. I mean, the uh, as I said, this is kind of like a dingy neighborhood down by the docks. Um, the neighborhood is uh, mostly poor people. Uh, do a if you want, you could do a perception check to see if you can pick out a specific. I guess you said you're looking for like a beggar, right? Like a beggar who has like a ratty old cloak or something like that. Sure. Uh, do a perception check. So you should have a perception skill. Do you have any proficiency in it? Uh, I do, and it is, uh, however, my wisdom sucks, so uh, it is just a two, Uh, but I rolled a 19, so 21. Okay, you, uh, as a, yeah, as you're watching this interaction happen uh, from across the street, you, uh, you kind of look down, uh, down that street, heading down toward the docks proper, um, and you do see um, kind of like an older gentleman uh weathered kind of thin and his his cloak which is threadbare but much too big for him uh he has it kind of wrapped around himself a couple of times like a cloak just kind of leaning down uh against uh one like a large brass pipe uh uh trying to warm himself up against the steam coming out of it i run over to him and say hey hey you dirty bum hey come here I beckon. I beckon for him. I don't know his name. Yeah. Uh, hey, yes, sir. Bum. You got? You got any? Just a just a copper, sir. That'd be enough. Uh, I'll give you. I'll give you. Uh, I'll give you one gold piece for that. For that cloak. A a gold piece. Sure. Sure. Here. Yeah. Here. He uh he hurriedly like slips the 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 coat off of him uh and 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 hands it. He starts to hand it to you, and then you can see he kind of like wavers and begins to pull it back, waiting for you to produce the coin. Okay, and I I flip him the coin like very like Harvey Denty ostentatious, <laughs> just like here you go, click with my thumb. He actually manages to catch it out of the air. Um, and damn not, dirty bum, waiting for you, not <laughs> waiting around to uh, to see if you change your mind. He begins to kind of shuffle off. Uh, Favor and favor in one leg kind of limps away down down toward the docks. Okay, I, I throw the cloak over myself and I shuffle uh my way towards uh the three of them. And uh I guess I get there. Uh <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh yep, as well, as you're approaching um Deacon Hetfield, he uh he turns to one of the guards, he says, uh, uh Hank, why don't you go uh prep three seats up by the front there? Uh for our, our new friends here, uh, let's see. It's uh, Marcus and Libby, correct? That's correct, sir. Yeah, That's yeah. correct. You seem fun. Oh, well, you know, a lot of folks think that uh, worship has to be a dour, serious affair, but uh, we like to have fun, you know? That's the whole idea behind the Diamond God. He's got so Excuse many Excuse me, sir. Are all men of all levels of income welcome in your church? Oh, why, of course, everyone has a part to play. Rich or poor, why don't you come on in, friend? Oh, yes, this is, this is our good friend, uh, uh, Dirty Bummus, who is, who's, who's, uh, he, he, he hangs out with us on, on Thursdays. 
Apologies for the smell. I haven't had a, a bath in quite some time. I, I was hoping to get warm and potentially hear the good word of this diamond god you speak of. Oh, well, that's fine. Uh, actually, if you'd like, uh, well, I could have Loomis here. Uh, we could we could find a room for you. Maybe 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 get you a bath or some warm clothes. How about that? Oh, that would be great. Um, thank you. Yeah, he seems real freaking nice. Um, oh, that would be lovely if I could attend the service first, please. Oh, well, um, uh, suppose we could put you somewhere near the back. I suppose that'd be fine. Oh, the back is absolutely fine. Thank you. Uh, tell me, do you perchance have a public restroom, say, near the sacristy or some sort? Uh, we do, sure. Um, yeah, it's uh, just uh, just inside. suppose you might want, maybe you could tidy up a bit in there. Oh, that would be heavenly, thank you. If your god, in fact, believes in some sort of heaven, I'm not sure yet. Oh, well, why don't you come on in and find out? I will do that! And then I shuffle my way inside. Uh, I very excitedly head towards the front of the pews. Okay. Uh... And I marked a gold piece off, so I only have 84 gold pieces. Actually, you said that was a public restroom? Oh, yes. Uh, here, let me... Uh... Uh, reveal some of the map. Reveal the map to the public restroom. (laughs) They closed the Barnes & Noble two fortnights ago. I have not been able to use a restroom since. Um, Yes, so uh, as he leads you inside, uh, you walk through the main doorway, which is in this this thin tower, um, and it opens out into a large, round, like, rotunda which you reason is sitting underneath the big dome that you saw outside. Um, And at the front of the room, you see an altar standing at which is there is a large podium. Um, Think like very shiny, very big, like think Stanley Cup. But at the top of it, there is a diamond about the size of a basketball cut into like severely and aggressively faceted um, resting at the center of this podium. Um, Next to the podium proper, you see um, an enormous, well, not enormous, but a really big uh, cat that looks like a tiger, Um, has like a similar coloration, but you also see it has these um, really sharp, bony-looking spines kind of running along its back in two separate ridges. Um, and it's, like, resting up on top of the altar. Um, Deacon Hetfield walks up to the front. Um, one of the guards, who you reason is Hank, uh, points over to uh, a door that is uh, over on the left side of the rotunda. Um, and he says, uh, Oh, uh, the rest of the room, uh, it's, uh, not quite a full house, but, uh, there are people spattered throughout all of the different, all of the, the two sets of pews that are running between the door and the altar. Couple of people jump out at you. 
uh, you notice there are, as soon as you walk in... Oh, not literally. Not yet. Surprise! Okay. Uh, <laughs> you, you notice uh, two men that are dressed in the uh, fine but understated uh, black armor of uh, the... Uh, yeah, actually, no, you wouldn't need to roll for this. Um, the Silver Moons, which you recognize as being, uh, the group that runs this neighborhood of the city. Uh, so you see basically two city guards are kind of posted up at the back. Um, sitting in front of them, um, you see, uh, well-dressed, ostentatiously dressed, uh, merchant in, like, shiny gold robes covered in jewelry, seated next to a young girl uh, dressed also in matching finery and even more jewelry, uh, along with an elderly couple that are seated up near the front. Um, The rest are what you'd expect in a crowd like this uh, in this kind of neighborhood. There, There are a couple of other not quite beggars, but people that look down on their luck. Um, and, uh, you know, a couple of curious middle-aged folks that have just kind of wandered in, um, a couple of kids up near the front that seem fascinated and kind of scared of the, uh, the big cat. And you three are kind of shuffling into the back. And that's when Hank points over to the door on the left side. He says, uh, yeah, you take a left through there and then you take another left and then the bathrooms are going to be on your right. Oh, thank you so kindly. I will make my way there post-haste. Yep, that's fine. Uh, Loomis here will go with you. Oh, that's that's okay. I'm sure I could make my way. Those very simple Loomis directions. Loomis kind, of, uh, kind of comes up behind you uh, and says, uh, No, the pleasure's all mine. We don't want you to get lost. Oh, well, I wouldn't want that either. Okay, let's go then. Did anybody this. else need to use the bathroom? You know what? I uh, This uh, this uh, sounds going right through me. I'll, I'll come with y'all. You wanna, would you like a swing there, Hank? Loomis? Anybody? Oh, no, thank you, sir. And then Hank says, yeah, no, that's uh, that's all right. We're, uh, uh, it goes against our uh, our orders. Not a, not a big uh, drinking place here, please. Don't mind if I do. I I grab my third swig, I believe, um, and then I I I uh, I pat Monica's on the back, and I sprint to the front of the pews, and I kind of squeeze myself in between those two children who were sitting in the front, but like I'm just sandwiched right in between them. Okay, they were really focused uh, and a little scared of the big cat, and now all of a sudden, as you come bounding up and like plant yourself between them, they're now kind of like silently looking between you and the cat, trying to decide which they're more fascinated and afraid of. Just like real life. It's a big cat, am I right? Yeah, it's a big cat. I like the big cat. I used to kill quite a few of them back in my hometown. You guys ever kill a living thing? (coughs) I killed a cockroach once. Look, you gotta start somewhere. Sorry, I'm kind of new in town. This is all very exciting for me. You see that diamond thing? Yeah, it looks awful big, doesn't it? I'm sorry, uh, Rob, where was the diamond again? Uh, The diamond is at the top of the altar. It's sitting up on a pedestal uh, up at the front. Um, Can I tell if it's real or not? uh, Let's see. 
uh, you know what? Probably just a straight intelligence check. So just add your All intelligence right. modifier. Oh, you know what it would be? Because, yeah, if you had, like, proficiency with jewelers, tools, or, like, jewelry, but you don't have that, so. No, no. Yeah, so I've been feeling a, a little down. You know, all these folks don't want to have a drink with me. I'm like, so I want to, uh, how long does the friend's cantrip last? Uh, up to one minute. But is that the sort of thing where, like, when it wears off, they realize someone spelled them? Yes. No, well, I thought it just gives you advantage on checks to charm people. Uh... Yes, it does. So it's not actually charming them. And the charm lasts an hour, and that's when they get pissed because they realize uh, what you did. You're thinking, so that's the difference between the cantrip and the spell. The spell charm person is what you're thinking of. Charm no, no, person. no, no, no. Well, I was thinking I would want to use the cantrip before I use the spell because it had, it gives you advantage yeah. on checks to the charm, right? Yep, you could totally do that. So you got to yeah, use it first. If you use that first and then the other one, then it's... You have a better chance of charming? Yep. Well, it'll give you advantage on it. Yeah. So uh, advantage is you roll twice and, and take the higher roll. Gotcha. Okay. And you're going to use that to convince somebody to get drunk with you. Steve, believe it or not, Monicus is uh, trying to help you out here. All right. <laughs> and also trying to have a few drinks with somebody. But at the other day, we're looking for information. We're looking for diamonds. Is this not true? We're looking for where they keep most of their money and also to figure out what happened to Crunchy. Although you and I did not just have this conversation because we couldn't Correct. just talk about that openly in yeah. this place. Right. Yeah. Um, I was appraising a diamond. I don't want to lose track of that, though. Steve, did you make the roll to not appraise yet. that diamond? Uh, no, you said straight intellect? Straight intellect, yep. So 9 plus 3, so 12. It uh, looks like a really big, fancy diamond. All right, big fancy diamond. Good to know. All right. I'm still going to the bathroom. Yep. Um, I turn to the kids again and say, so you you kids come here often? Mom and dad do. My granddad brings me. So, like, what's 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 the deal? Uh, religion is more of a, uh, a, don't want to say afterthought where I come from, but uh, I... I as someone who really likes the big tiger thing so far and the really big diamond, we don't really have diamonds where I come from. They're mostly just different shades of gray rocks. Uh, what 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 is it? What is it that what is it that you do here? I don't really know. Um, Mom and Dad, they um, they come and and you know they they say that we're looking. We we put we put a little bit of money in the pot and then the diamond god looks out for us. Oh. So that money in the pot, do you know where that ends up? Just just hypothetically. Uh, I, uh they usually bring it around and then and then they usually he, little boy points past the altar. Uh you see a door in the back. And he says, uh, they usually take it back there. Okay, okay. Cool, 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 cool. You know, just 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 asking. Uh just uh just uh just trying to get the lay of this. Well, uh we got great seats, though. Am I right? Uh, I awkwardly stopped talking and start looking straight ahead. Yeah, um, I like was, the cat. And they also start awkwardly staying, staring ahead. Was I able to hear any of that as I walked by? No. Okay. No, he's he's, he's up pretty far. Um, so um, Loomis is uh, as Hank Hank walks up to kind of take his his place at the deacon's side. Uh, Loomis leads you guys over. 
into this hallway. Yeah, and he's kind of like walking you guys single file. I guess Beetle first, and then uh, Modicus in front of you. Um, uh, as you guys walk through the door, uh, the or decorations you find are just as ornate as they were outside and within the rotunda itself. Um, the hallway has these uh, wall sconces which uh, contain more pillars that are decorated with what look to be uh, gemstones and, uh, and fancy glassware. Uh, there are intricate and colorful murals on the wall, which seem to depict religious iconography that you're not super familiar with. Um, the floors are marble with these rich, lush, red carpets uh, that are running between the doorways and along the obviously tread walkways. Um, he leads you into this chamber and you see there is a staircase that kind of follows the round edge of the ro the outer wall of the rotunda. Uh, the stairwell leads down into some kind of lower level. Uh, he points you to these two doors, uh, and he says, uh, yeah, each of those there is a bathroom, so you can uh, tidy up, do your business. Oh, oh, oh thank you. I'm very... Thank you very much for uh, showing us. L what was your name? Loomis? I'm Loomis. I'm Loomis. Okay, thank you, Loomis. I've oh, goodness. And then I, I slip because I'm old. Okay. Uh, and like fall forward into him. And as I am excusing myself and befuddled, I am looking for keys of any sort. Okay, so this is, we're going to split this into two things. First, it's going to be a performance <laughs> check. Okay. To su successfully pass yourself off as a clumsy old man. Okay. So let's do that first. Good to know. Oh, zero. That's fun. Okay. Uh, <laughs> wait, how do you roll a zero? Oh, wait. No, were you I getting? What did you actually oh. get? <laughs> it's like, wow, you broke the rules of the game. It was so bad. That is a straight 15. 15. Okay. Uh, yes, you, uh, you actually do a pretty practiced pratfall. Uh, you sell it pretty well. Um, but you really, really do the like, oh, my knee gives out. And you, uh, you kind of stumble forward, uh, grasping onto this big hulking guy, like grabbing onto part of his armor to try to hold your weight. Um, this will allow you to make a sleight of hand check to kind of fumble around as acting like you're, you're, you're looking for handholds on his body. Okay. That is an 18 plus 7. Okay. I'm um, a rogue. Yes, you do manage uh, as you are you are kind of like slipping like still really selling the fall. Um your your hands slip down to his belt uh and you do manage to you find the set of keys that you're looking for and very easily like palm them and then kind of like slip them down into your sleeve uh for safekeeping. Was that all you palmed while you were there, though? Yes, yes, that's all I was looking for. Um, oh, thank you, sir. You have been a gentleman and a, uh, well, yeah, not it's, a it's scholar. All you have time for, too, because as soon as you manage to get them, um, the Loomis 
has a big meaty hand on the scruff of your neck, and he just kind of like oh. picks you up. Oh um, goodness! Just me. about off your feet, and says, "Ah, uh, oh, careful there, sir." Oh, thank you, Loomis. That was very forceful the way you helped me. Um, I will just, uh, uh, ex- uh, except for the little bit of pee that came out right there when I fell, I will go continue my business. In uh, the restroom. But actually, now when he picks you up, now that he 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 has just gotten a decent look at you for the first time, um, and he kind of you see his eyes narrow, and he says, uh, "You uh, you all right? You don't." Look that old for an elf. I thought you elves supposed to live for a long time. Oh, uh, have you ever heard of uh, Benjamin Buttoning? <laughs> have you ever heard of Benjamin Buttoning? He has not. <laughs> you, sir. Ha- you, sir, have you heard of Benjamin Buttoning? Oh, oh, yeah, Benjamin Buttoning. Yeah, that's, that's the thing where you, you get born old and you get younger as you get older. And yes. uh, I, I want to do, do a charm. I'm gonna try to charm our man right here, Loomis. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna go over the charm, or should I actually? If how do I? If I roll a can, if I try to do friends, do I like say that out loud and it sounds really weird, or is it just a thing that happens? Uh, you could say that you cast friends. I cast uh, friends. Uh, yes, and all you would do is like uh, you have three sorcery points. You can spend one of those to cast the spell subtly. Okay. So let's see. All right, here it is. So you wanted to cast the cantrip friends first. Um, that you can just that is one you can just do. I cast friends, and now cast charm person. Okay. Uh, now for charm person, he actually needs to make a saving throw against uh your uh, spell save DC. So, oh, so he has to roll a 13. Yep. In, in order, order to not to, be charmed. You got it. Gotcha. Okay. So I don't have to roll at all. Nope. Not for this one. So let's see. He got a nine and a nine. So uh, he fails. <clears throat> um, as you uh, as you kind of step up, uh, well, you, you tell me, how do you uh, how do you approach him? Hey, buddy. How you going? Yeah, this, this is, uh, <laughs> you may not have heard of it, but Benjamin Buttonism is, uh, yeah, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. Uh, you start off old, but you get younger, but he still feels so feeble. You know, buddy? And then you kind of put your hand down. Hand and on when it, you I do. put a hand on him and try to you know, and ease his uh, ease his arm down as he's holding up by his throat and, and gently uh, set Beetle back on the ground. And you let the surge of magical energy go through you. And as it releases and washes over him, he does calmly set Beetle down. And then he looks over at you and he says, Oh, I've never heard of that, but that's interesting. Yes, quite. It's a very rare illness. Um, That's totally real. Uh, anywho, time to pee, and then I go into the bathroom. Oh, wow. Say, do you still have uh, some of that uh, booze there? You know, buddy, I really do. Here, take a swig. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, you admit while I've been he's missing distracted, this. I try to stealth out of the bathroom <laughs> um, behind him. Sure. Uh, you're going to have advantage on this because he's real focused on drinking with Modicus right now. Okay, great. Um, 
So 11 plus 7, so that's an 18. <clears throat> you do successfully stealth. Uh, he is not paying attention to you at all, and you are able to move silently. Now, where do you want to go? Uh, I guess through that door behind him into that hall. All right. Uh, so you step back out into this hallway, which has the murals and the uh, the uh, the fancy artwork about. Um, uh, within this uh, kind of open hallway chamber, um, you can see uh, there's two rooms to your left. And then you can see two doors ahead of you as well. Okay. Um I uh I go to the uh to the rightmost one. And are you just gonna try to walk inside or uh I first I, I look around because I've turned like this like this uh, going around the circle of the dome, so like more of this area I wanna see more of this area. Sure. So you're gonna kinda skirt skirt the yeah. rotunda there. Uh, and you see this uh, is kind of like a large, uh, this hallway wraps around this half of the rotunda. Um, you see two more doors now to your left, kind of more toward the rear of the building. Uh, and another doorway right ahead oh, of you. God, why are there so many freaking doors in a church? There should be like three doors maximum. I I will uh, uh, crack. So the one that I had gone to previously, the one that was up mm -hmm. uh, towards like to my left, this there, guy. I'm gonna crack that open and look inside. Okay, uh, you're just gonna try it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, as you walk. Oh up wait, no, I'm not going to just try it. Okay. That's a DM thing where you say something like that. And it <laughs> makes me feel like I'm gonna die. Ah, uh, yes, but now... Come on, Steve, what are you, chicken? Now, is that a thing that I would do, or is that a thing I would know about that what I would do to make you think that I was doing that? <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna check for traps. Sure. <laughs> uh, do an investigation check. Three plus three is six. Uh, it looks like it's just a door. <laughs> All right, cool, cool, cool. Doors. I can do... I can handle doors. All right, um... I don't suppose I could also do an Arcana check. <laughs> uh, if you wanted feel to check for it any, out. Feel for any magic. Nine plus five, 14. Uh, you do not see any kind of arcane sigils or uh, markings. And All you're right. not getting any kind of magical aura off of this place. All right, so he's standing at the door and saying to himself out loud, all right, well, there's absolutely nothing that should suggest that I have any reticence about opening this door in front of me. So I'm just going to do that. I don't know why he even said that out loud. That was weird. So I'm going to open the door just to crack. Okay. And then the knob turns freely under your hand, and you okay. walk inside this room. <laughs> okay, okay. I just I cracked it open to look inside. I didn't walk in. Yet. Oh, okay. You did not walk in. Um, you poke your head inside and you see uh, what looks to be a uh, kind of like a small break room. Um, there's a table that has like a carafe with some what probably looks like water and some old stale looking bagels. Uh, next to a mm -hmm. couple of chairs, uh, there's like a love seat and a. Uh, a table, and in the back you see a staircase that leads down to what looks to be like a lower level. Okay, so I, since at this point I don't want to make this 
the Steve Trollinger show. Well, I was uh, just going to <laughs> suggest I was going to cut back to Libertarius. Okay. Um, as this is all happening, uh, Libertarius, uh, you are you are seated um, in that front pew, kind of looking at the cat, um, and then suddenly uh, you hear uh, another one of the guards, Hank, who you've identified, uh, bangs his staff. <laughs> His, uh, against the marble floor, uh, kind of uh, drawing attention to the front. Oh shit! And uh, the I was really I was looking at the t- the big cat. <laughs> um, the deacon walks up and he kind of uh, scratches the cat behind the ears, um, and uh, the cat just kind of like puts its head down and continues to lay on the altar. Uh, and then Deacon Hetfield turns around and smiles. He says. Welcome, everyone. It's so nice to see all your smiling faces here. I know that we're all new. We're all newcomers to your fair city. I gotta say, this is a quite the exciting place. Uh, I thought the Citadel was interesting, but, uh, <laughs> boy, it's got nothing compared to Tamiston, I suppose. Uh, how y'all doing today? And I you hear a murmurs. A, I of, applaud very, very loudly. I'm just clapping my hands. He says, "Oh well, <laughs> all right. Good to, good to see a newcomer with such enthusiasm." I'm new in town. Oh, <laughs> you know, well, it's a, you're a fellow traveler, I guess. Uh, oh, I tell you what, this is a fantastic opportunity. Uh, tell me, son, what do they worship where you come from? Uh, well, I'm from a small town called Free Market, and I would say for the most part, we just worship the free market. I see, I see. Uh, now, this free market, is it a a, a being? Is it a deity, like so many of these clerics talk about? Or is it more of a, a power, a force, like, uh, them, uh, the druids or, or the other nature worshippers might, uh, might be into. Uh, I would say it's closer to that latter one. It's more like there's the concept of everything that the town of Free Market and the land of the Fountainhead offers to us, and we very much pay our respects to to what that economic model gives to us, uh, but not a deity per se. <laughs> you can you can see he kind of like crooks his head. He, he seems to have not been expecting that kind of answer from <laughs> from from you given uh, his previous interaction but i'm very nods. knowledgeable about the economic models of my hometown okay <laughs> oh i i suspect it does, it does seem you are well that's fine what what if i were to tell you that that we understand and we believe and worship in the same thing shut up i know i know i know and he points out and he starts pointing a finger out into the crowd and and he says, I know y'all showed up and y'all thought the same thing before before you saw it. And he points back at the, the diamond above his head. He says, before you saw the light of the diamond god. You see, son, everyone, there's many people in this world that will tell you that there are many gods, that they are worshiping them, that they draw power from them. I'm here to tell you they're a bit mistaken. See, there's only one God, a God that has many faces. All these different people worshiping all these different things, calling them different names, but it's all one God. 
They just see different sides of him, different facets of the same glorious, beautiful jewel. Your economics. Well, that's just God. Wow. Um, I... My eyes are sparkling like an anime character looking at something like wondrous. Uh, but I, I quickly shake my head and uh, can I can I do divine sense on the crystal Stanley Cup thing or the diamond? Sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, just your your basic paladin divine sense. Yes. Do I need to roll anything for that or? I forgot about. I, I honestly kind of forgot. I, I I forgot paladins have that power. It just says as an action, you can open your awareness to detect uh, forces. It says until the end of t- your turn, you know the location of any celestial any fiend celestial or undead, fiend or undead within feet of yep. you that is not behind total cover. You know the type. Um, hang on, there's a. Yep. Okay. Um. I just want to know what the vibe of the diamond. Thing yeah. Is. So you do not sense a particular being, but you do get an intense aura radiating off that thing. Um, do I know? Not altogether great one. Okay. Not like capital E evil or anything, mm-hmm. but alien, foreign. Um, I, I I furrow my brow and. I become the meme of the woman with equations flying over her head because this guy seems really nice, but that divine sense has thrown me off. It was a pretty, pretty, pretty looking diamond, though. Um, yeah, like if I, I think to, uh, yeah, it, as you're thinking about it, to kind of drill down uh, a touch deeper on it. Um, usually, like within this world, when they talk about evil, they're talking about something abyssal, something from the lower planes. Gotcha. And when they're talking about good, they're talking about something from the higher planes, like a celestial. Gotcha. Um, And typically, this is all stuff you would know, just like matter, of course, the kind of thing that everybody sort of taught as kids in this world. Yes. Um, And what you're getting off of the diamond is a feeling as strong as you would get from either of those, but it's not either of those. Gotcha. It's this weird third thing that you're unfamiliar with, but it, your sense is picking it up. Okay. Also, Rob, real missed opportunity with the giant cat instead of the giant dog that guards a diamond, a diamond dog. I'm just saying. Oh, boy, Steve, spoilers. Oh, no. That's that's not a missed opportunity. Oh, no. You, we're just not there yet. Uh, something tells me I'm going to get attacked by a diamondy dog. It's one of my it's one of my favorite it's one of my favorite albums. I'm not going <laughs> to pass that up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, is David Bowie the big bad? Can we fight David Bowie? <laughs> bum, bum, bum. I let um, him kill me. Uh, <laughs> him and Iggy Pop, and here's the thing: um, I can't do that because Venture Brothers did that. Uh, yeah, that's true. I guess spoilers for a 20 year old episode of Venture Brothers. <laughs> All right, so um, yeah, so I, I I did that. I guess while um, he was still talking. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, um, and, uh, he, he continues like as the crowd is smiling, he says, uh, now I know that's, that's where so many of you came from. You used to come here because you felt disconnected from nature, uh, in this, in this urban environment. You're drawn here for all of its opportunity, but you didn't want to lose that connection. And I understand but that's what I'm saying. You didn't lose anything because it's not a separate entity. It's all part of the same thing. 
That's why we came here. That's why we have built this proper shrine in what used to be your grotto. And that's why, and he walks over to the, uh, the spiny uh, panther, and he, he, he rests his hand on its head. He says, that's why even the most vicious of predators can find peace at the shrine we have built. Oh, shit, that's why the cat's there. I say this quietly to the kids next to me. <laughs> and then they both kind of look up at you and then look back to him. And then he, he, he looks back to and now the deacon looks back to, to you, Libertarius, and he says, uh, because we're not taming, we're not stealing, we are simply reuniting, aligning the visions of others to see that it's always been the same whole. Do you see, son? Uh, yeah, I guess, I, I, I guess a little bit, uh... You know, the, 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 a lot of things are very new to me, so I'm just trying to, like, take it all in. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I can... I, I... Color me intrigued. Um, back over uh, back over by the bathrooms. Uh, Modicus. <laughs> uh, now you're, 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 you're drinking with Loomis. Um, he kind of, like, takes another a swig and hands you the alchemy jug back, and he says, uh, yeah, I needed that. You know, I, I didn't realize how much I'd miss a, a good, good cold brew. How do you keep it cold anyway? How's it cold coming out of there? Ah, uh, you know this uh, this trusty jug I got here, man. I, you know, I it's uh, you it, it's good insulation. You know, I <laughs> I like to keep it. Uh, you know, keeps things hot, keeps things cold. It's uh, it depends on whatever it is that that temp is gonna stay the same within this thing. It's uh, got it. It's I got a, I got a, I got a great deal at this uh, this mage war mage wares he store. Nod. He so, nods and he thermos. says, <laughs> Now, uh, but but Loomis, Loomis, uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, brother. It, it seems you got a tough job here. How's this Deacon guy? Oh, oh man, Gilbert. Guy's fucked up. Yeah, man, I don't know. He's just kind of like... He's just... Like, I didn't always do this, you know? But, like, I know his type, right? He's, you know, he's like a company man. Like, just real focused on getting ahead, just doing his thing. Doesn't really, you know... I mean, he's all right, I guess. He's just kind of kind of an asshole. Ah. Uh. You know, um, they, 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 it always gets like that. I feel you, man. You know, you, when you're working for somebody, so, you know, take advantage. How, how's Hank? How's your boy Hank? You guys, you guys cool? What's, what's up with him? Yeah, Hank's all right. He doesn't, he's, he's actually, he, he doesn't like all the shit, all the other shit, you know, all the other stuff that they're getting into, like, you know, moving that shit around and, you know, the guy again in the basement. I mean, we're just not done with them yet, but. Yeah, he'll come around. You know, you got a dude in the what's, what's with the dude in the basement? What's he what's he up to? He's uh Uh man, he's the f- fucking burnout guy that was living here. You know, we just wanted to like show him the light or whatever. And usually, honestly, a lot of times the guys, you know, they see the money and they, you know, we wine them and dine them and then they just kinda they sign up, but I don't know, that dude's all fucked up. He's just sitting down there. I took a 
swigger the old jug. Loomis? I, hold on, I, only because it might be pertinent. What is the alcohol content of your favorite stout? Twelve <laughs> percent. It's twelve percent booze. You know, as Perfect. a hardy mountain dwarf, it takes a lot to well, get. I was the about buzz to on. say, yeah. So, um, I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna make Loomis is gonna make a Constitution check, and you need to make a Constitution check to see if you're starting to feel it. All right. Um. So in this case, uh, I'd call it a saving throw. So you have proficiency in that and you add your constitution so it should be a plus five for you two hours into the first campaign and mike is making a drunk check <laughs> two <laughs> hours all right drunk check Ooh, that got a, a six <laughs> yeah. you're uh you're starting to feel it because you're starting to remember you 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 knocked back a pretty tall glass before you came in Wait, building. is that six total? Like plus your modifier? Oh, plus of what? Plus five, so eleven. I guess eleven. Okay, you're still you're still starting to feel a little bit, uh, but not like not in a way not in a way where it's impairing you. Just where you know you're feeling a little looser. It's like the best, um, like at a party. That's exactly where you want to be, Mike. Right. <laughs> Loomis. Uh, Loomis seems fine. He's unfazed by it. I wanna. I wanna. I wanna do a suggestion spell. And uh, to bring to bring this little this guy in the basement up up to the bathroom. Okay, all right. Um, and that's going to be another one that he has to resist, I believe. We are going to get into a fight, and Mike will be completely defenseless because <laughs> he spent all of his spells on this dude. <laughs> oh yeah, how, how much uh, how much spell power do I like how? Oh, how many times can I cast a spell? Um, so uh, you see how they're broken up into levels. You've got currently you have access to first level spells and second level spells. At third level, uh, you have you have two second level spell slots and four first level for, uh, spell slots. Gotcha. So that means I can do four. A day, I can do four first level spells and two second level spells. You got it. So in in your case, the one and then as many cantrips as I want. Yep, gotcha. You got it. Cool. Uh, so in your case, at the moment, the only second level spell you know is suggestion. So you can cast suggestion twice before you need to take a long rest. And all your other spells are first level, and you have four uses of them per day. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So let's see. It's a wisdom saving throw. His wisdom is not super great either. Oh, no, that's a two. <laughs> um, so, yes, you can give him uh, the suggestion spell lets you give him a simple command. So I, I put my put my arm on his shoulder like, Loomis, you've been, uh, you've been talking with this. Uh, you've been telling me about this guy in the basement. This, uh, You know what? I want to have a word with him. Why don't you bring him on up and uh, we'll have a chat. Oh, all right. Like the old dude, the burnout dude. Yeah, okay. All right, yeah, all right, I'll go get him. And you just like you see him head down stairs. Oh, okay. You see him <laughs> head down the staircase. I got really nervous. I was like, fuck, he's coming through the door. I'm in the middle of the fucking hallway. <laughs> Son of a bitch, you screwed me, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> that would have <laughs> He went down the other staircase. Thank oh, God this thank church God. has a fire escape. <laughs> um so now, uh Beetle. 
You are uh, now looking inside this. Uh, this looks to be like a break room of sorts. As I said, there's a staircase okay. leading down in the back. Uh, what would you like to do? Uh, I would like to try. God, I feel like, fuck, what's that old game show with Monty Hall the, with the doors? Let's make a deal. Yeah. What's behind door number? Yeah. The one to the right of yes. me. Yes. Uh, the one to the right of you? Yeah, I kind of want to see if any, if, yeah, that one, if any of them, like, don't give way, if any of them are locked. Okay. Uh, you're going to try that one? Yeah. Okay. Um, as you reach out to open this door, um, it does not just open. Uh, it's it's locked. Uh, and uh, you're pretty well experienced in this kind of thing. It's got a pretty heavy lock on it. Okay. Um, the keys that I palmed, are is it just one on the chain, or how many are, no, are there's, on there? No, it's a set of four keys set of four keys um i guess i try those keys on the door uh all right um you kind of eyeball it look for one that fits you try a couple and you do find one that uh fits the fits the lock the door swings open in front of you and it opens up to reveal a storeroom uh just packed to the nine like packed to the gills with large crates a lot of barrels in the back a uh, large collection of, like, sacks to your left, and there's a chest behind them. Uh, I would like to investigate the chest. All right. Uh, uh, so are you going to investigate it proper? Yeah. Okay. Give me an investigation check. 16 plus 3, 19. Okay. Um, it looks to be, like, a sturdy steamer trunk. Um, does not seem to be like booby trapped or anything like that. Um, you can tell by looking it over though, like the keys you have are too large. You don't have a key that's going to fit this one. Uh, and um, it's definitely locked. Okay. Uh, I'm going to try to pick that lock then. Okay. Nine plus five, 14. 14. Uh, yep. It takes you a second, but you manage to crack the lock open. Uh, the trunk swing, the swing the lid of the trunk up. Um, and inside you can see it is filled with these like ornate, heavy silken silver, uh, priestly vestments. Um, as you kind mm-hmm. of eyeball them, you can see like there's looks to be like, uh, <clears throat> pearls and precious gems like sewn into the lining of them to create decorative patterns. Um, okay. And that seems to be what's like, that's like what's inside here. You don't really find anything else except for these really expensive clothes. Hmm. No, it's okay. I'm debating if I'm putting them on or not. Fashion show. Yeah, what the hell? I'm going to dress in the vestments. Okay. All right. You're going to put these on? Yeah, I'm going to throw off my my ratty cloak and put on the the expensive vestments. You're like a share concert right. with the amount of costume changes you've done uh, already. Yeah, seriously, I love this. <laughs> All right, I'm a performer. Okay, what? I don't know what you want from me. Look, I attended Juilliard for several years. <laughs> Juilliard is a bar down the street from the uh, Golden Main Tower. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I throw those on the best okay. I know how. Um, uh, they they look very similar to what the deacon is wearing. Uh, just fancier um so you're able to like slip into them and and kind of kind of dress yourself near as you could tell appropriately um and you are now dressed in um again they they in style they're almost exactly the same like white base but like with like a red sash 
and uh, all kinds of like red and gold. And like I said, in this particular case, rather than etching, it's like valuable stones are making up the uh, the decoration on it. Um, and what else is in the room, you said? There's a number of like large crates and boxes and barrels. The rest of it looks to be um, like basic stores. Like you see, it probably okay. have like provisions and, and the like in the barrels. Um, the crates, uh, I mean, if you wanted to, you'd have to break them open. They're like, you know, boxed up. Hmm. I don't think I have. Well, no, I have a burglar's pack that has a crowbar. That in has it, a crowbar it? in it. Yep. I will crowbar one of those babies open and take a look. Okay. Uh, interesting. Okay. So you, um, you walk up to one of the crates, um, do, uh, do an investigation check for it. Give me a, yeah, give me that roll so that then we know how you, what, what you, how well you look. Uh, 11 and 3, 14 again. Okay. As you walk up to, uh, one of the crates, um, you can see, like, there's a little logo, uh, on the side that says, um, uh, Quickling Express Courier Service. Uh, and it has, like, a little sprightly, like, elf character uh, running uh, uh, underneath, like, on the logo. Um, the uh, top of the crate opens pretty easily with your with your crowbar. You're able to pry it off pretty well. Um, you uh, fumble around inside. Uh, it looks to be like you thought. Like, it's stuffed with a lot of... Um, basic supplies uh like uh you see jerky some, like, canvas yeah uh you know clothes um but then at the bottom you find um something else uh you find a small chest that is buried like underneath like a whole like kind of like a, a tarp that was underneath a whole bunch of other things uh situated at the bottom of the crate the chest is also locked. I guess I'm going to pick that chest lock. All right. You want to try to open it up? <laughs> this is going to end poorly one of these times. Maybe there's a new costume in that one that you can change into. <laughs> and this was that. Four, four plus five, nine. All right. Um, yeah, the lock on this one is pretty tough. You're not able to, uh, you're not able to crack it open. Right. Um, uh, how small is it? Uh, it's Probably about the size of, like, a messenger bag. So not something I can put in my priestly robes? Um, you can put it in your pack. Sure, I will do that then. Okay. All right. Um, so, now, uh, Libertarius. Back out in the, um, main... The, oh, oh, out in the rotunda. Uh, you are, uh, enraptured by, uh, the, serv- the sermon... Uh, and eventually, uh, the, uh, deacon kind of begins to wrap it up. Uh, he says, uh, and so brothers and sisters, you are of course always welcome here in our home. Uh, I'm just going to pass around a collection plate and, and please, please just feel free to offer up whatever you can, whatever you feel would be helpful in helping us to both spread the word and to 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 help beautify and enrich your community. I'd personally like to see this as just being the first diamond church that's opened here in Tamiston. I, I think there is such such need and such promise and potential in your fine city. I'd like to 
see temples like this spring up all over in every neighborhood. And with your help, I think we can do that. Hank uh, kind of walks down the aisles, kind of passing a uh, a gilded plate with like a sunken, like a deep sunken velvet bowl uh, and just passing it down. You see, like, as it goes down your row, the little kid, like, takes out, like, a copper piece and, like, puts it inside the plate and hands it over to you. My dude, what the hell are you doing? Sorry, I don't I don't understand what's happening. You are giving money and not getting something in exchange. That is fundamentally not how the town of Free Market works. What, what, what is happening? <laughs> uh, Deacon, Deacon turns and he says... Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, son, it's... it's not about getting something now. It's about making an investment. An investment in the future. The future that can come with the Diamond God's blessing. And the more resources we have on this material plane, the more good we can do in his name. You understand, don't you? You understand about investments? I so I think so. Like my dad Rand Paulus invested in a new plot of land when he knew that um, his cousin was going to get murdered in a, in a skirmish with another clan so that he could then put up a fruit stand there in order to profit off of that. So it's kind of like, like this is like a land investment, only not like tangible, but you're going to get paid back in the future. Exactly. Oh, that makes t- think of this. Why didn't you say so sooner? Um, I you're not getting uh, something now. Money? This is this is so that you can have that fruit stand in the future once your family's dead. In your metaphor, you know. Well, it's like my dad always said. I never metaphor. I didn't like. Uh, I reach into my naps. I reach into my pack. Uh, <laughs> Nick, your character is getting to almost phantom menace levels of. The taxation of trade routes has gone unresolved. <laughs> um, I, oh God, what do I, 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 I pull, I pull one of my animal skulls out and place it in the donation bowl. I'm like, look, man, this is as good. This was top currency. We, but we have mostly an animal skull based currency. Uh, it does have some value though. I imagine, I imagine even here in a uh, Tamiston, uh, but but if but look if coins are more your deal you know I, I plan to be in town a little bit I next time I come back if if that's a little bit a little bit easier um he uh he just kind of smiles a little bit wider and he says uh again every gift is all part it's all a different facet folks all a different facet that's beautiful that is beautiful oh, thanks man. You can you can keep passing it. Oh, oh okay. I passed to the kid next. Um, uh, so uh, so uh, some time has passed now over at Modicus, over by the bathrooms, at the top of the stairs. Uh, Loomis comes back up the stairs and he says, uh, "All right, ma'am. Sorry. I know. I know. I don't remember why. I gotta get. I gotta go get the old man. But have you seen my keys?" Did I give you my keys? I can't get into his. No, no. You know what? You know what? Um, you didn't give me your keys. Did you? Uh, maybe Hank. Did you, you lend it over to Hank? No, oh, Hank's got his own keys. You know what? Let me go get Hank. I'll have Hank. Let yeah, him. get Hank back here, and uh, and he uh, he heads out the door. I. <laughs> 
this is this is meant to be a problem. <laughs> I'm debating. Do I just wait around for Hank? You know what? Yeah, screw it. Screw it. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait for Hank to get back. Okay. I really want to see this old man in the basement. That's all I'm saying. Or actually, oh, he didn't bring the old man up with him. No, because the door's locked and you have the oh. keys. <laughs> I just figured that out. <laughs> I was like, well, that's a weird turn of events. How far how far away is Steve? Um, you don't know. All you know is you 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 saw him sneak away, you saw him sneak back this way, but you don't you don't know where he went after that. What uh, what, what's around me right now? Just, I mean, I'm in the bathrooms, but there's also that staircase that goes downstairs. There's a staircase that goes down. Um otherwise this is another kind of like ornately decorated room um uh kind of like you know it's like an anteroom to these two bathrooms so it's pretty much just kind of like a little waiting room aside from the uh the staircase there could you try i want to to wander down the staircase i was just gonna say you can try to find the old dude yourself i think i will screw it and i don't have any keys though that's all right you've got magic you have magic powers mike yeah, but the my magic powers don't include uh, unlocked doors. Yeah, to be fair, yeah. he has very specific magic powers. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, all right. Um, as you walk down the staircase, um, you find yourself in a... It's a dark kind of corridor. Uh, there is lighting. It's coming from, like, some torch uh, torches that are, are lining the, the, the walkway. Um, this corridor, way different than the one above. Um... It, it does look to be kind of largely unfinished, but you can tell even down here, like aside from some basic finishing on like where the stone has been carved into the foundation, um, it's uh, it's a dull stone gray. It's not really decorated at all. Uh, it looks like a basement. Uh, there is a door ahead of you that is slightly ajar. Well, I got to go through that door. Uh, all right. Are you just walking right through it? Just... Yeah, I'm just gonna walk right in. Okay. Um, and look around, I guess. Be like, what? Um, when you walk in, uh, you see everyone does. A, uh, there's four doors lining the wall to your left. You see another doorway to your immediate right, and then a wall past that. And then dead in front of you, you see a large kind of open cage that takes up a good chunk of the room. There's a Another one of those large uh, spined panthers uh, kind of sitting lazily in the back of it. Um, There is, um, in front of that cage, there is like a young woman who is dressed in a very plain off-white robe um, wearing like a red neckband uh, and holding like a couple of buckets, like she's just been kind of like watering or mucking out this cage. Uh, next to her, there is another man who is dressed in the exact same kind of armor that Loomis was wearing, uh, carrying the same large, heavy staff. Um, he turns and looks at you. You don't recognize this one. Um, and he says, Oi, the fuck are you? <coughs> Hey there, my name's Monicus. You can't be down here. And he begins to walk toward you. Well, I was um, 
I was with my pal Loomis upstairs, and he was uh, telling me all about this place. I met the deacon, real nice guy, and I was uh, just kind of having a having a swig. Would you like one of uh, my my uh, homebrewed stout? And uh, just thought I'd uh, check it out. And I cast charm as I try to hand him the. <laughs> Okay, it's that's very good because he just rolled a natural twenty on his insight check. So, <laughs> and well, he's being are, completely are... honest. That is his name, <laughs> and that's why he's there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, insights for a lot more than lying. And uh, oh, and for the record, just so we know, like playing, there are technically no rules. Like skill checks don't have critical success and failure, but I, I, I say they do. So. I think it's more fun that way. Okay. So, okay, let's see if he resists your charm. Ah, uh, who? He does not. Because he has to beat a 13, he got an 11. <laughs> uh, so, uh, as you reach out, um, his, like, scowl mellows. And, uh, and he looks and he says, uh, Oh, that's right, right. You're, uh, you're Loomis's friend. <laughs> Loomis! Loomis! Right. Loomis! Oh, yeah. yeah! 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 Here, come on, give me some of that. Yeah, yeah. no, take some, take some. He takes, a, he takes a big swig of the, big, big swig from the alchemy chuck. It's got so many germs on it, everyone has been drinking from that. It's like the least COVID safe thing ever. Hey, COVID doesn't exist in this fantasy world. It's the one goddamn place we don't have to talk about COVID. So fuck Ew. you. <laughs> Point of order, as far as you know, COVID doesn't exist in this fantasy world. Oh, God. <laughs> Can that be later oh, when we're not, worst. like, just, uh, like, later on we discover that? <laughs> it's the Dark Lord Armacris here to take over the land. So what's your name, pal? Uh, he says, oh, I'm, I'm Arnie. Arnie! Arnie, Arnie. Uh, well, hey, nice to meet you. What you do down here? Oh, you know, I just, uh, <clears throat> sorry, like, he was more like a... Oh, you know, I take care of the cat. Oh, that's a cute kitty there. What's uh, what kind of cat is that? Yeah, it's Willow. She's uh, you know, she and 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 Sage. You know, they're both spine spine cats. Uh, the big spine panthers. You know, we have them out on the we have them out on the plains. Powerful looking kitties. Let me tell you. Oh boy, you don't want to fuck with them. That's for sure. They'll tear you apart. That's why we gotta, you know. Dope them up. <laughs> oh, what do you? Oh, what do you dope them up with to keep them so calm? He turns around. He says, uh, "Hey, Panny, what do they call that?" And she says, uh, "Oh, I, I don't know. Manfred mixes it up." He says, "Yeah, I'd have to ask Manfred. He, uh, he does it up in the in the room upstairs, up in the kitchen, and then you know we put it in the water and keeps them calm. Otherwise, <laughs> they get pretty mean in a hurry." No kidding. No kidding. My Manford. Uh, who knows? I might, I might have to bump into him, too. I'll tell you a lot. The nice folks you got up in this place. Yeah, well, you know, eh, this place is all right. I'm just uh, just hoping we get done with what we're doing and hope I can get a new post. Fucking sick of... What, what is it? What is it you guys are looking to... You know, well, Lumi was telling me you guys were moving some stuff, told me there was some wacky dude in his basement. Not you, but another dude. Trying to get him to... Uh, oh, you're talking about the old guy. The old guy. Yeah, the old guy. 
Yeah, yeah. Loomis came down. Oh, he was looking for him. He needed him for something, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. Here, hold on. I can get him for you. Um, all right. So while this is happening, uh, up in the storeroom. <laughs> uh, Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. <laughs> this is what happens when everyone decides to split up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, Bob, you're doing a great job. Uh, I... I I realized it the minute it happened. I was like, okay, my first time playing D&D. What was my opening salvo? Split the party. <laughs> Immediately. That's all right. I love splitting the party. Um, so, yes, you are uh, you are now in the storeroom. You are dressed in these priestly vestments. You've popped open this weird crate. You found a chest inside. You can't open it, so you're going to take it with you. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to head out of the room there. Uh, uh how big was the diamond on the pedestal? Uh, about the size of a basketball. Okay. So, like, more or less than five-foot cube size? Uh, oh, less than five-foot cube. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, I'm going to walk up to the door at the top of the circle there and put my ear against it, and what do I hear? Okay, you walk up and you begin listening to the door. Let's cut over to uh, Libertarius. So Libertarius, as you're watching like the collection plate being passed around, you see the guard that left with um, uh, Modicus and Beetle a while ago walks up to the front of the uh, the altar and he kind of uh, walks up in front of the in front of the deacon uh, next to Hank, um, and you see them kind of like talking quietly to each other um if you want you could do a perception check to see if you can hear catch any of the conversation i would love to do a perception check yeah i think it's just a straight roll for you 13 uh okay yeah you're not catching uh anything full but you can see that um loomis is like seems like super calm like really calm uh, but you see, like, Hank start to get agitated in a hurry, and you hear him go, what? What are you talking about? What? Man. And you see he kind of, like, shakes him pretty roughly, and then he looks over uh, at the deacon, and the deacon kind of looks back at him, and he kind of, like, walks out, he says... Well, hell there, folks. Uh, again, I appreciate all your generosity, and I thank you so much for coming out with us tonight. Uh, uh, just uh, uh, please feel free to congregate amongst yourselves. Uh, we're going to have some food brought out here for you soon. Um, just uh, please, please share, share in the bounty of the diamond god. Uh, let me just go check on that dinner do, right now, okay? Do, thank do you. I hear? Do I hear all this? Uh, yeah, yeah. You're specifically listening for it. Yeah. You would definitely hear him saying that. And then okay. you also hear him begin to move, uh, toward I, the door you're at. I kick the door open. Okay. And I walk forward and in my hand, I cast, I have casted rather minor illusion to create a facsimile of the diamond that's on the pedestal. And I'm holding it in my hand. And dressed as I am, I kick the door open and shout, Good people of Tamiston, hear me! I am the real Deacon Hatfield, 
This man is an imposter. He has kidnapped me and held me in back so that he might fleece you, my people. Please do not listen to this man's lies and calumny. He must be stopped. You, guards, stop him. He is the false prophet. He is not the real Diamond God Hatfield guy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Behold the diamond, the mighty diamond. That one there, also an imposter. That is a false diamond. This is the real one, and I am the real Deacon Hatfield. I, I'm, I in the pew say to myself, "Oh shit! I wish Beetle was here to see this." <laughs> Seize him, my loyal guards. Um. Okay. Uh. So, uh, Loomis, who has, who is like, still standing there, he kind of like looks past the diamond, um, and he says, uh. Hey, aren't you the guy from the bathroom? Obviously not. My voice sounds completely different, and I am wearing the correct priestly robes of this particular denomination. I do just want to make sure, like, you don't, you didn't cast, like, any, like, kind of disguise on yourself or anything, right? <laughs> You're just wearing the I wish the robes. I had now. <laughs> um, I say to myself, oh, wait, I think that is Beetle, very quietly. Uh, and then I stand up and I yell to the congregation, I believe him. <laughs> there, a member of the faithful, join with him and cast down this false prophet. Seize him. Um, from across the uh, from across the room, you uh, you hear someone yell, well, I've been coming here for the last two weeks. And then the woman next to him says, yeah. Yeah, Deacon Hetfield's been here the whole time. I don't know who this guy is. Um, can I wait? <laughs> can I use can I use intimidation on that couple? <laughs> you can do whatever you want. All right. Um I go up and I'm like, yo, but aren't you are you sure? Are you really sure about that? Because I think you might be mistaken. Uh do an intimidation check. On this old couple, <laughs> I, I've got plus three. Um. Yeah, I think you're pretty good. Actually, I think you have proficiency in it too, so you'd actually have. Okay. Yes. So uh, that is because uh, oh twelve. This is actually what. This is a good opportunity to uh, to point out. So the the attributes that are attached to the skills are the default. Typically, intimidation is charisma, but if you're just walking up, being big, tough, and scary. That's a strength intimidation check. So you would add your strength instead of your charisma. Okay. So in that case, that would Should be, be a plus five. 12 plus three plus two. That's uh, 17 altogether. Um, yeah, like the, uh, the old man looks up and says, oh, well, my eyes don't work as well as they used to. <laughs> and the, uh, the woman next to him says, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess... He does look a bit like the deacon. I mean, he's wearing his clothes. Yeah, you know, I was sitting in the front. I was seeing much better. You were pretty far in the back, so it very easily could have been, you know, eyesight and everything. <laughs> I, I, I make one of my pectoral muscles pop. <laughs> um, 
Watch as I call upon the power of the diamond god to cast down this falsehood. And then I cast sleep on the on, on Hatfield. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's see. How does sleep work again? <laughs> it's I I really feel bad that I chose it because it's like one of the most complicated spells possible. It's like subtract the number of hit points from blue bitty blue. No, and it is. It's like, yeah, you determine how many hit points. Yeah, I think you roll to see. Okay, yeah, roll 5d8. 5d8, okay. You know what? This is going to be the time that I use the app instead, because I only have the 1d8. Isn't sleep easier to cast, though, if you're only casting it on one person? Like, it's the total hit points or something? Yeah, well, because that's, like, the whole idea is it's, like, you get a number of hit points, and if it's more than their hit points, then you put them to sleep. Well, we don't know how many hit points the deacon has. Nope. Nope, this is wildly... Uh, this is a and what, what? What level are you casting it at? Uh, just uh, oh, first you, I think you probably only have. have first level spells. Yeah. Okay. Oh boy. Uh, how many d8s? Five. Five. Okay. Twenty-one. Um, there is a moment like as uh, uh, the deacon turns and and looks over uh toward Hank and says, "The fuck is this asshole?" Th-? And then he just kind of like drops like. A sack of fucking <laughs> shit just hits the floor and is just unconscious. <laughs> I can't believe that worked. <laughs> okay. It was like the one spell I picked that I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to use this. It's too complicated. It probably won't work. But that was, this is probably the only time that's going to work. Um, See here, good folk of Tamiston, how I have. Through the power of the diamond god, the real power of the real diamond god, I have struck down the unbeliever. The falsehood has been revealed. Take him, take him, take him to the, to the, to the, there's a downstairs area. I know this, I know that's true. I know there's, because the stairs leading down. So take him down to the, to the cages. Um, you could see Hank is like, just kind of like looking at you. Loomis is, uh, is, is, Loomis, Loomis says, Oh, yeah, the cages. Hey, Hank, can I have your keys? I gotta go get that old burnout out of the cage for Modicus. <laughs> Hank looks over and says, Who is Modicus? You know, you know what? Hold on, stop. I don't know who any of you are or what you're doing or why you're here, but this is gonna stop now. You who worship the false prophet, I strike you down in the good diamond god's name, and I can't sleep on him. <laughs> <laughs> roll, uh, roll those d8s. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> the remaining four hours is just Steve individually making people fall asleep one at a time. No, I only have two slots. It's the last time. I was about to say yeah. he does not have that many spell slots. <laughs> How many? <laughs> oh god, I'm crying. Hold on. Okay. Reset. Nineteen. Um he you can see like he starts to like waver for a second Damn and it. then he like shakes his head and he says Alright, that's enough. Um and he charges at you. Uh great. Um 
Um, let's cut down to you. You think about that because we're going back <laughs> yeah, down to the basement. <laughs> I need to tish, use a tissue. So, so meanwhile, down in the basement, uh, Modicus is kind of like li- you're you're leaning against the wall with uh with Arnie uh passing the alchemy jug back and forth. I need you to make another Constitution saving throw. <laughs> 16. You're good. I'm fine. No, you're fine. You're just, you know what? Just feeling like this is a pretty good day so far. Uh, Things are working out. This is a good buzz. (laughs) How's my boy Uh, Arnie doing? Arnie is feeling it. (laughs) You can see he's just like, he's got like, he's just kind of like shifting from one foot to another. And each time he's like going a little bit farther. Um, and he says, uh, and he says, I mean, he seems like an all right guy. I understand all that. I'm just saying, I don't think we should be getting mixed up in all this other bullshit. Those wagons, they come from the courier service. They bring that shit. And then he's like passing it out to the other guys. I don't know where it goes. I don't even know if he knows where it goes. I'm just saying, I don't fuck with that shit. This, and he holds the alchemy jug. He said, this is the only drug I need. Strong alcohol. Ah, Arnie, I knew I'd like you, brother. You know? I knew I I liked you, too. (laughs) You know what? Let's go get that. Let's go get that old man out the cage. Hold on. Let's go. Let's go talk to that old man. Um, and he kind of, like, staggers over to this one, uh, door, and he kind of pops it open. He opens the door to reveal um, it, inside. It's like a a cell, not like a prison cell per se, but it's like a cell in a monastery. Like it's like um, a very small, simple room. It's a bed, a table that a uh, that like a monk would use. Um, this one, having been locked from the inside, has kind of been converted into a prison cell. Um, but inside of there, you find uh, an elf who is seated kind of like cross-legged with his uh, back up against the wall. Um, there are like a couple of rats sitting on the bed with him. Um, and they kind of like turn and then they kind of like take off uh, when the door opens and they head in their mutual directions. And he looks over and he says... Uh, Oh, whoa, hey. Um, look, I don't really want to hear about the diamond guy anymore. Um, can I go? Is this, can I go now? Are hey, you? how's, how's, how, how are you, man? What's going on? My name's Nauticus. I'm here with my boy Arnie now. And I was wondering if you'd like a drink. Oh, yeah, sure. I hand him the jug. He what's takes, your what's your what's your swing. name? Um, uh, I'm Karis, but um, you know, there's uh some people just call me old Crunchy. Um, I live here, or like I used to live here. Um, like this is where I was, like until they put this building on top of it. And then they put me down here, and like they keep asking me all this weird shit. But, like, honestly, I kind of just, I'm not into it. So you've been here for a bit, old Crunchy? Uh, yeah, I mean, 
since they got here, pretty much. What is going on here? I don't they know, keep, man. They're just... asking you a bunch of questions. What? But they, what do they want from you, man? Why are they keeping you? Uh, why are they keeping you down here? Well, they're asking me to like help them to like help set their church up, which I'm like, man, I didn't really even have a church. You know, it's just like I was just telling people about nature, about you know, like the Fey and the Feywild, and I just you know how to get back in touch with their roots but then they gotta come and like i mean they put a big building on top of my freaking park man i just i'm not into it if i'm gonna be honest i think these guys are kind of assholes i turned to my buddy arnie i put my arm on his shoulder i'm like listen he didn't mean that he, he didn't mean nothing there's been a big misunderstanding here arnie kind of reaches out and like takes the alchemy jug back and takes another big swig so uh, wait garris is it garris Oh yeah, uh, Karis old or crunchy, crunchy. Old, old crunchy, crunch master. Let me tell you, <laughs> old crunchy, crunch master. Yeah, that works. I like that, man. That's cool. Yeah, were those rats your buddies? Oh yeah, yeah. That was Favel and his buddies. You know, they've been keeping me company down here, and and uh, man, like you know, I don't, I don't have a lot of people to talk to. They pretty much just keep me locked up in here. They may or may not be going in a particular cardinal direction, does Fivel. <laughs> he goes in that direction. Uh, I've never been all that good at directions, to be honest with you. So, Garris, you're one, you're one in, in tune with nature, it seems like. It seems like you've got yourself a bit of a, a green thumb, bit of a... I'm from the forest, you know, like, and just just try to keep in commune with the Feywild, and, and I feel like that's... That's what elves should do, you know? I feel like we don't want to get too far away from that. Like, I find there's a lot of, like, beauty and all that we made in this city, but, like, I don't want the city to become all that we are, you know? Yo, Arnie, why is, our, why is the deacon keeping this this man, this, this, this free-loving earth elf, green elf, fair-loving... Fairy fucking awesome dude <laughs> down here. What's going on? Oh, uh, well, he just said that uh, he told me that we can't have him running around because we need his congregation till we can get a proper one built. And uh, if this fucking burnout was just running around talking about, you know, fairies and shit, then nobody would ever listen. So they're just going to keep him down here until we feel like we got a better foothold. Deacon says he's working on making some new friends and then, you know, some folks that'll that'll give us some real power here. And then, uh, I don't know, then we'll probably let him go. Maybe feed him to the cats. I don't know. I haven't really decided yet. You know, I know how it is, Arnie, but I need to make a suggestion that we free this man. <laughs> You're casting that second suggestion? <laughs> <laughs> um, he's hammered, so he's going to make a... Uh, that check with disadvantage and he got a natural one. <laughs> oh, oh, so um, what is it? <laughs> and he kind of looks at you mean? and he's like, yeah, you know what? You're right. <laughs> You're right, man. Like, it's weird. Like we keep talking about like making things free. Like I've been, I've been hearing, I've been listening to you crunchy man. I've, Thinking you're not that crazy. Here, come on. Why don't you 
why don't you guys go, you crazy kids? And then he just kind of, like, takes a seat on the bed and, like, kicks his feet up. And he, uh, and he says, uh, here, you could, you could take this. And he, he actually hands old Crunchy his, uh, his staff. And Crunchy takes it and he's like, oh, all right. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Thanks, man. And Arnie's like, don't mention it. Have fun with your rats or whatever. And then he kind of like falls down on the bed and goes to sleep. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good night, Arnie. Crunch master. Why don't you come with me and we go uh, check in what's going on upstairs? Oh, that sounds great, man. But like, can we bring the cats? I've been talking to them at night and they're like, not even remotely pumped to be here. Yeah. Yo, Patty. Might we take this cat? Um, you turn and she is just like kind of like shaking and staring at you wide eyed, and she's like, I'll, "I'll do whatever you need." <laughs> Are you gonna hurt me? Nah, Patty, just just open that cage and let this cat out. Wait, we gotta take this this, this we're gonna take this kitty with us. This little spine kitty, this big this big spine kitty. <laughs> <clears throat> um. All right, so. Back upstairs. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. Beetle, you are being bum-rushed by Hank. Okay. I cast Mage Hand, Ledger Domain, and Pants him. Okay. Um, that's going to require a sleight of hand check. Okay. Utilizing the Mage Hand. That is a two plus seven, nine... <laughs> <laughs> um you uh your mage hand you release that are you turning it invisible yeah it was invisible um so like suddenly i see he you do su- kind of succeed in that like he kind of stops short in front of you and like gets this look on his face as he like looks down and he's like what the hell? and he's like starts swatting at his crotch and then like he looks up and he just takes a swing at you with a staff okay that would have been so sweet if I'd pantsed him. You just kind of groped him magically. <laughs> uh, it's a 19 to hit. Yeah, that sure does hit. Uh, and that's going to do... Uh, seven points of bludgeoning damage as he cracks you across the face. With Damn, this, Hank. <laughs> and you really feel like this. He really gets all of it as he like just hits you with the like that thick, heavy metal end that has like the diamond shape at the top. You just feel that just impact. Um, How much HP you got? Starting I, with, I'm fine. Steve. I'm fine. I'm I, I'm the only one at full health. Remember, uh, if you're yeah, because you the knocked top. what four of mine off. Hold on, I, I wanted to see where I'm at health point wise here. I'm just, <laughs> Uh, I, uh, I've been struck very, very hard, and I, I, I say, see how he, see how he, the unbeliever, he strikes at a man of the cloth, the true man of the diamond god. Somebody sees him in the name of our diamond god. Um, Loomis is, like, looking, like, back and forth, um, and he says, uh, so wait. When I took you to the bathroom, you're also a deacon? That is true. 
my son. I am the uh, true Hank, deacon. Hank looks over and yells, God damn it, Lucas. God damn it, Loomis, you idiot. Get him. Uh, and he's, let's see if that works. Um, okay. Uh, that does seem to snap him out of it. Uh, Loomis kind of like shakes his head suddenly and he's like, oh, oh, wait a second. You're the old man from the bathroom that's not an old man. Run for it! And then I jump over the altar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Um, I, I should say, I don't know how many moves this is, but I was going to jump over the altar, grabbing the diamond as I go. We can try to do that. Um, I think... Hmm. No. Okay. I think we should roll for initiative. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because I have been struck across the face. Yeah. I was gonna say. Yeah. This is kind of a sloppy start to our first fight, but I think it is the it. Yeah. This this is the first combat. <laughs> Only I haven't wasted all my spells on sleeping. <laughs> Do I roll for initiative as well? Because I'm in the same room. Yes, you're in the same room. Um, I got ten. And wait, initiative, that is uh, roll a d20 and add the dex. Oh. Oh, in that case, 23. <laughs> that That's a big four for me. So, 23 and four. The top of the order is going to be Libertarius. I feel like Monica should have been in charge of this enterprise. <laughs> okay, so... Loomis is directly in front of me, um, and Hank is has just whacked uh, Beetle further ahead of me. Yes, but uh, the Deacon is asleep. Um, the cat is like kind of like looking back and forth, kind of confused. But the cat's probably drugged. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't know. If you... Trying to remember who knew that. Oh yeah, Monica's knew that. I think. Oh, that's... Yeah, I, I just see... That's right. You don't know don't about medi- the cat! <laughs> um, don't metagame, Nick. <laughs> okay, but uh, what is Loomis doing right now? Is he heading towards Beetle? Uh, he's not doing anything yet, but you saw him kind of snap out of whatever was going on with him. All right. Um, I... I whack him... I take out my Warhammer and try to whack him in the shins. Okay. Uh, roll to hit. Uh, question, because like we talked about, the Warhammer is versatile. Are you swinging it with two hands or one hand? Um, Because I'm pulling it out, I imagine I have two hands, so I'm swinging with two hands. Okay. Roll to hit. So, hang on. Ooh. Okay, so what am I adding up for this? Uh, so you add, you, this weapon uses your strength. Okay. So you add your strength modifier and your proficiency bonus. So it should be a plus five for you. That is going to be 21. All right. Altogether. That hits. Uh, you are swinging it with both hands. So it does 1d10 damage. Um, six altogether. Six. Okay. Uh, yep, so you success. You bring your hammer out and you bring it down right into his shin. Uh, 
the armor of it catch, catches a lot of the blow, but it's enough that he kind of stumbles and turns around and says, oh, Okay, so you're with him, huh? And I say, It is the time for the hammer, bitch! <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still I still don't get it. I just don't get the I don't get it. I don't get the catchphrase. Um, I yell actually, over. It is the time of the hammer. That's all there is to it. Uh oh. Okay. Loomis goes next. He just got a nat twenty on his oh, attack. Fuck. So a critical hit, natural twenty. Uh, in that case, you roll the dice and then you double the damage from it, and then you add any uh, pluses afterward. You guys so, are getting your ass whoops up there. <laughs> uh, we're going to get to that. <laughs> um, uh, so that is uh, 11 bludgeoning oh, damage. Shit, okay. Oh, wait a second. No, I got to double it. Plus, didn't you lose how much? That's nine. Sorry, that's 19 bludgeoning damage. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. That, Nick! Nick! That hurts. Libertarius! Um, Fuck, that takes yeah, me down to uh, as he, he thirteen. <laughs> so 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 please, uh, 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 okay, just to just to really set it properly, give us your catchphrase again. <laughs> it is the time of the hammer, bitch. And then immediately, just with both hands, Loomis just brings the staff right across your face, and it just. He catches all of it, just square in the temple. So wait, sli- slight amendment. I said, he turned to me. I said, "It's the time of the hammer." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, arc of blood hits the other side of the wall. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. As as you turn, you it just just sending like a a tooth and just a a smattering of blood across the terrified old couple that you were intimidating earlier. <laughs> Um, and they let out like muffled screams um, as everyone in the pews like starts to get up and it becomes kind of pandemonium. <laughs> uh, the cat goes next. Um, the cat is going to kind of look, stand up and there's kind of look lazily around. And then it's going to start wandering off in this direction and it goes it wanders through this open door <laughs> sweet uh, bye kitty Hank is now up next uh, he's gonna press the attack on you uh, beetle uh, but he's only gonna get a five so as he tries to bring his uh bring the other end of his staff up to try to catch you in the gut. You manage to just kind of leap out of the way, sidestepping the, the, the swing. Now, downstairs in the basement, uh, Modicus, Crunchy, and Willow, the uh, Willow, the saber cat who you have roused, uh, are, you, you guys can hear, like, scuffling and screaming, and you hear the crowd start to, like, run, like, above you. Like, you can hear the pandemonium break out. Okay, so we're hearing the chaos going on upstairs. Yes, yep, you can hear something happening up there. All right, so, yo, Crunchy, my buddies are upstairs. I think, uh, I think we got a problem. And I'm talking about my buddy buddies, not my new buddy buddies. What? 
Look, Arnie's great, man, but I, I mean, I think some of my other friends may have caused some problems with your deacon, uh, dude, that you're not such a big fan of. Would you, uh... Oh, man, that guy's a dick. Yeah. Yeah. What how, What do you say? You know, as as new friends, uh, we go take a look, see what's going on and try to get uh, everyone out of here best we can. Oh, yeah, sure, man. Yeah, let's, you know what? Yeah, let's all get out of here. I didn't know you had friends here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go take a look. And then, uh, well, hey, kid, are you down with that? <laughs> the cat kind of looks up at you and then just, like, yawns, just revealing, like, just a terrifying set of razor-sharp teeth. <laughs> and then lazily, like, kind of smacks its lips and just walks forward and begins heading up the staircase. I'll take that as a maybe. <laughs> Um, all right, so we're going to say you you approach, you're at the top of the stairs with Crunchy, and you're going to be bottom of the initiative order for next time we come around. So, uh, back up to the around. top, Libertarius. It's your turn. Oh, wait, did I, did I not get a turn? Oh, I did forget to write you down. Yes, I'm sorry about that. Well, what was it's your initiative? Okay. I was four. Oh, okay, all right, so... Okay, I forgot you, but we're still in order. <laughs> yeah. All right, so um, top of the stairs, they'll go after. So, um, Beetle, what do you do? All right, so I'm in front of me is Hank. Yep. And the altar. Um, does the altar have, uh, is it like a solid piece of something or is there like space underneath like a cloth, like a tabernacle? No, the, the, the altar is a solid piece of stone with like a mm. red silk tablecloth draped over it that the altar sits upon. Okay. Uh, I am going to vault over it and attempt to uh, use... Well, I guess I can do that as a bonus action. Uh, I was um, going to... This is actually... And I'm just going to bring this up as like a, an instructive thing for the fight. So one thing that happens during combat... This is one of the few like weird rules that make sense, but it's a little mechanically counterintuitive. Um, they're called opportunity attacks, where if you are like right next to an enemy and you try to move away from them, they get to make an opportunity attack against you. Like they get to try to hit you on your way by. Unless I use my cunning action to disengage. Excellent. I was going to bring that up. You're okay. way ahead of me. So, yes, rogues can use cunning action where they can disengage as a bonus action because they're slippery and wily. So I will do that. Okay. So that's exactly it. You uh, you make your move. You attempt to vault over the thing. Uh, Hank goes to take another swing at you, but you you faint and just, like, duck underneath his, uh, his wild swing. Uh, and... Make uh, an athletics check to try to vault over the stone. Not not, not acrobatics? Um, you know what? This is pretty acrobatics. Like, this actually, like, vaults like this are, like, gymnastics in the Olympics. So we can call this acrobatics. Oh, thank God. Not that it would have mattered anyway. So that was a three plus, uh, three 
plus five, eight. Yeah, so um, you do, like, you manage to get not quite enough air and you catch your foot as you attempt to uh, to get on top of it and you wind up just sprawled prone on top of the altar. Man, I am not good at this. Um, you've dropped the minor illusion, so the imaginary uh, diamond is gone and you are now, like, flat on your belly underneath the actual altar with the actual diamond. Okay, so, but I... Current, correct me if I'm wrong. I've currently moved and taken a bonus action, but not a regular action. Uh, that would be correct. So I'm on the ground. Yes. What can I do while I'm on the ground? Cry. Cry. <laughs> I could cry. Get into that. <laughs> no, no. Crying is a free action. <laughs> okay, okay, good. Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is there anything like in front of me on the ground, like that I can like? Can I see anything from a prone position? Or am I just, um, there's like, like the 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 kids that were here are like running by um, the ground in front of you. You just see the carpet. There's nothing. Um, okay. uh, ooh, uh, do a perception check to see what you can see. It's fourteen plus two, sixteen. Um, you don't see anything that's like particularly useful, but you do notice that um, in the confusion, uh, the collection plate has spilled underneath the pew right down here. Um, and you do see like a pile of coins sitting underneath the gilded plate. Uh, okay, I I cast Mage Hand, Ledger Domain, and collect those coins. Okay. <laughs> put them into my pocket and put them into my robe. All right. Um, You collect three gold pieces, 35 copper pieces, and eight silver pieces. Just know you took that from the children who just put it on that plate. (laughs) I don't know that. I'm not metagaming, Nick. I wasn't in the room when they did it. And I forgot you also got the weird skull that Libertarius put in the collection plate that came with it. I, I will add that to my equipment. Um, hey, that's there's mine. always time. There's always time for petty theft, gentlemen. Never forget that. Wait, if that's not metagaming, is that just actual advice, Steve? Yes, that's actual okay, advice. Okay, duly noted. It can be two things. <laughs> uh, Libertarius, you're now up. All right, I do. Wait, I, wait. Can I wait? I just want to really quick set yeah. that scene of me going. Oh shit! And then leaping, oh, trying to leap over it, Dukes of Hazard style, catching my foot, <laughs> falling on my face, and then while I'm on the ground shaking my like cobwebs out, I look over, it's like ooh cash, and then just like <laughs> Green Lantern ring the money into my pocket, like a professional. Yeah. So if I want to move away from a Loomis, he, Loomis would get an attack of opportunity. Yes, he would. Very so good. so I'm trying to determine, do I just stand there and use uh, lay on hands to heal myself a little bit? Because then I couldn't attack him, if I'm understanding? Correct. You can use your action to lay on hands, or you can use your action to attack. God, do I... I'm just... So I do... Uh, I do have relentless endurance, so if I am reduced to zero i will still be okay at you one you yes half orcs when they lose all their hit points they bounce back up to one hit point one time <laughs> each day do yeah do i mm, 
do I try to heal myself a little bit or do I here's, try to hit him? Here's the thing, and this is just like general advice. Je- g- good general advice for the campaign in general. Don't worry about what you would do. What would Libertarius do? Um, Libertarius uh, kind of sticks his tongue through the gap where uh, his tooth had previously been that was just thrown out. Uh, and he he looks to Loomis and he says, my dad, Rand Paulus, always said I was a slow learner. And I bash him in the head with a hammer. Hell yeah. He's going to Mick Foley this. <laughs> yeah, basically. Loomis is the undertaker. <laughs> All right. So roll to attack. <laughs> and I get, I rolled a 13 plus three plus two, 18. That hits. Roll for damage. And once again, damage is a D10, yes? Yep. If you're using both hands, you're swinging with both hands, it's a D10, and then you add your strength. So D10 plus three. Hang on. Seven plus uh, three, ten. Ten. Nice. Um, Yeah, so you you return the blow, and you just bring this hammer down. Right onto uh, Loomis's shoulder, and he—you can see him. He's a big guy, but he kind of like shudders under the blow and like almost drops to one knee, letting out this roar. Um, it is once again time for the hammer. Yeah, as you pull the hammer back, you can see where the armor dented, and you can see like blood seeping out underneath the uh, the cracks in the armor. Uh, and he's looking pretty hurt. Uh. He is going to charge you and attempt to uh, grapple you. So what we're going to do for this is, this is going to be a strength contest. Okay. I'm going to roll. You're going to roll. And whoever, you add your strength modifier, he adds his, and whoever has the higher roll wins out. Okay. So you're going to need to beat a 20. I got an 8. Plus three, okay. so 11. <laughs> um, yeah, so as you, you see, and you can see the blood seeping out from his armor, he lets out this roar and just charges you, like kind of using, like as he lowers the position rather than fall, he just gut checks you and takes you to the ground, knocking you prone with him on top of you. All right. Do I... What does being prone entail for me now? So there's two things. When you're prone, you use half your movement to stand back up. Okay. That's your thing. If you're grappled, then you're what's called restrained, which means you can't move. Okay. But on your next turn, you can do another strength contest to try to break free. Okay. But is that all that happens? Is that all he does to me this turn? Yeah, because okay. that's that was his action. He doesn't really have any applicable bonus actions, and he's just trying to hold you still. So okay, uh, let's see. Next up is going to be Hank. Um, Hank is going to try to jump up onto the altar. Uh, he succeeds. Damn it! Um, he kind of like walks over. He vaults up, standing above you, and then he just like both hands brings the. Try moves to bring the staff down on top of you, Beetle. Uh, but he only got a ten. That does not hit. So it's the he he hops up onto the altar and he kind of like runs over and just goes to like smash you with the staff, but you just like roll out of the way. 
uh, hearing like the the collection of coins and the skull jingle as you like roll across the uh, the stone as you stuff it in your pocket. And it's your turn. Okay, so I'm on the ground. And I'm prone. Uh, you're, you're, um, you're, you're prone on the altar. Oh, I'm on the altar. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought I had fallen off the altar. Um, that makes more sense as to how he was able to try to hit me. Yeah. Um, well, I'm kind of mad at Hank at this point. Uh, do I have disadvantage for trying to strike at someone who's standing while yeah, I'm prone? Yeah, if you're prone, yep, okay. you attack with disadvantage. Okay, well then I guess I'll use my movement, half my movement to, to jump up, yes? Yep. Or in All this right. case, like to keep in, in keeping, it would be half your movement to like roll off onto your feet. To roll off. So I will do that. I will use half my movement to roll off. Okay. Um, where's the diamond? Um, right in front of you now. Up on the altar. Okay. So. Like, so I guess you'd be like here-ish. So that, where's everyone's hit points at? That's what I want to know. Um, I, we're we're still we're still alive. That's all that matters. I mean, I, uh, uh, yeah, but I like to. I, I, I want to know. <laughs> I started with thirty six. I'm down to thirteen. I've got twenty three. Nosy Nelly. <laughs> so Rob, I'm in the bathroom with two 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 kitty cats and an old crunchy elf. Is that right? Yep, you got that. Uh, yes, actually, as you guys as you as you round the top of the stairs, um, the one uh, you see another one of these spine cats walk through this door. Um, the, the two of them notice each other and they walk up and they like nuzzle each other and uh, and then just kind of like begin like lay down and kind of like cuddle up at the end edge of the stairs. And oh, Crunchy's look at these like, kitty comrades, Garius. I feel like they're real fond of each other. That's nice. Yeah, they're good cats. I think we should take them with us too. Let's take them. All right. And then, like, in the inside, you just hear screaming and crashing and and more people running. Oh, I, wait, I was I was in the middle of the turn, though. Oh, yes. Sorry, I forgot. We got distracted. Yeah. No, it's okay. It's fine. It's going to be real quick. So now that I've righted myself, yes. I'm going to utilize a... Uh, I'm going to utilize a bonus action to dash. Okay. And uh, towards the exit and grab the diamond along the way. Okay. Uh, we're going to make that a sleight of hand check to grab that diamond. That is an 11 plus 7, 18. There you go. Yep, you managed to grab the diamond, and let's see, utilizing your dash, you used half, so yeah, so I'm going to say that gets you about there, just to the okay. door. Okay, and as I, and I'm shout, and as I do that, I, like, roll off the table, Take off running, snatch the diamond, and as I pass my grappled companion, shout, All right, make a break for it! And then I just run right by you. Um, you got this, kid! And then I just keep running. And I go, so Arr! yes, as I grapple. Uh, so that's what Modicus hears from the other end of the, uh, the, other end of the wall. <laughs> um, Crunchy says, um, well, here, I'll, I'll grab the cats. And then he walks up and he's like, here, come on, kitties. And they kind of like look at him and, and they follow him out through this door. I, fo- I follow, I'm following him like, that sounded like, that sounded like my buddy Beetle and, uh, and the old Libertarius. So yes, as you walk through the door, you see Beetle just making a beeline for the door, 
it takes you a minute to recognize him because he's dressed in these priest robes that you know he did not come in with. And he's carrying this basketball-sized diamond. Uh, and then in front of you, immediately in front of you, you see Libertarius, like, wrestling with Loomis. Like, with Loomis on top of him, holding him down. Loomis! What are you doing? Uh, as he's, like, holding it, he looks over and he says, You're next, wizard! Well, I guess the gig is up. Cast chaos bolts. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. That's a ranged attack. Uh, so you should be a plus five to hit. Roll to hit. Oh, and you know what? He's he's grappling him, but he is still prone on the ground. So you have advantage on your attack. Oh, oh hell yeah. So you get to roll. So you roll twice and take the highest one. Uh, first one's a twelve. Uh, wait, you rolled a 12? Yeah. Oh, so 12 plus uh, what? I have to add my charisma? Uh, this would be an attack. So you add your attack bonus, which is plus five. Oh, plus five. Okay, so that's 17. Okay. And the second one was 18. So plus five, 23. Oh, yeah. They both hit. Um. So Chaos Bolt is a little different. First thing you do is on a hit, roll 2d8. That one's a, oh, a one and a seven. Okay. Now roll the D6. Standard die, that, right? Five. So seven and five. So 12 total. Um, you got a one and a seven. So you choose. Is that going to do acid damage or is that going to do psychic damage? I'm going to do psychic damage. That's to, you know, I don't know if acid damage was also hurt Nick, but let's just, or Libertarius, I should say. Uh, it's okay. I can take it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, yes. Yeah, so as you walk forth and you're like, okay, you let loose with this chaos bolt, this intense uh, purplish pink beam of like electrical energy just blows out of your hands, nailing Loomis square in the side. Uh, and he just kind of recoils in pain and falls back. He's blown back into the pew behind him. And he kind of like looks around for a second. He looks towards you and he says, wizard. And then his head explodes, <gasps> scanner style. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, the blood spurts all over you in your armor. Um, you drank with him. Liberty. You guys were having a good time. Yeah, man, but, you know, he... <laughs> uh, I, now, to be fair, one interpretation is that he drank with him. Another interpretation is that he brainwashed him using magic and then got him drunk. <laughs> That's a little less of a, <laughs> you know, rosy picture. Listen, Beetle, listen, man. Oh, wait, wait, did Beetle shout that as he's running out the door back at me? <laughs> No, that was that was Steve. Out of character. I use a character voice. There's a very obvious character voice I use. It's the important when I am not me. Voices. Look, I um, didn't want to do it. He said I was next. This is self-preservation. Um. Oh, so, I'm sorry, Lumi. Oh God. Oh, all, wait, is he all? Wait, is his blood and guts all over both of us? You said your armor. I wasn't sure if you're talking about Libertarius or myself. Oh, it's uh oh Libertarius. Oh, yeah. Um I look down at all the blood on my arm and I go, fuck yeah. <laughs> uh 
Um, at this, uh, Hank, like, watches that happen. He looks around. He sees everything that's happening. And then he turns and he bolts out this door. And with that, amidst all the pandemonium, um, I'm assuming you guys are all going to take uh, take Beatles' uh, advice and, and beat feet. Um, I... I do, but before I do, are those two kids still in the church? Yeah, so, like, as you, you, you turn and you're looking for the kids, you see, like, amidst the, like, crush crowd that's trying to get out the door in front of Beetle, you see at the tail end those two kids that turn back and, and meet your eyes. Um, I, I still have blood all over me, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I look at the kids and I say... And your, I, your blood, I, I, Loomis's blood, just blood. <laughs> I kind of get down on my haunches. I look at them and I say, remember this day forever. Let the memory of this death be the thing that makes you the people that you are. And then I turn and I book it out. <laughs> and then the one, the one kid turns and says, thanks, mister. Um, I look back right on my way out and I wink. <laughs> Freeze frame. Yes. And then the credits roll. <laughs> um. Actually, we will we will where we will end off is amongst uh, as people scatter out, uh, running out into the streets in front of the temple, uh, as the uh, board of the city watch shows up to try to to take stock of what's going on. Um, you guys manage to slip into the crowd. Um, One last thing, just before we disappear, I I, I want to wave at my boy Gary. Oh, well, actually, he's what was that? He's coming with you. Oh, he's coming. He's coming. Yeah. Good. Yeah, that's uh yeah, as as cuz as as you're going in the crowd, you look around to wave at him, but he's like right there with both of the cats. Um and it's you, them, Beetle, Libertarius catches up, and then um y'all as you're all kind of like on the street corner reconnoitering. Garris, aka Crunchmaster, aka Old Crunchy, looks over and he goes Oh, hey, Beetle. When did you become a priest? What? And that's where we'll end off this evening. Fuck yeah. Okay, that was, uh, yeah, I was, I stopped myself. I was like, wait, do I continue the improv? No, Steve, it's late. <laughs> Stop no, improv. We're, we're very close to almost being on schedule. <laughs> yes. No improv past bedtime. Yes. Hell yeah. Uh, All right, guys. I hope you liked that. I hope that was fun. I had fun. Oh, that was a blast. That was great. Cool. That was a brain game. Waits to learn. I can't wait for episode two. (laughs) Minor kinks to work out. Yes. Yeah, for sure. But I don't. eh, I feel like that was a good proof of concept. (laughs) As someone who, as someone who is not necessarily editing it himself, I'm going to say, yeah, it was. Um, and as the one potentially ending this, I'll say uh, that, listeners, we hope you enjoyed this. Uh, this is probably, like I said, the sloppiest both beginning and ending we will have. But uh, we hope you like this. We will only get slicker at this. And by slicker, I don't just necessarily mean being covered in gore and viscera, but we'll see. Uh and Rob, thank you so much for being our DM. This has been this oh, has been my a great guest. Incredible work, Rob. Incredible. This was uh, seriously a lot of fun. Awesome. I'm glad we made it out of the building. <laughs> um, so I guess I will just try to end it in the most traditional way that we always have and just say, uh, until we see you next time, I am Nick Brigadier. I'm Mike Russell. Uh, I didn't expect to do this. So he's Stephen Trollinger, <laughs> and I'm Rob Perry. <laughs> Signing off clinching the end. Thanks. And we'll see you next time. Take care. (laughs)